Good morning, good afternoon, evening, or whenever the hell you're watching this right now. It is my honor and it is my privilege to welcome you all to the very first episode of Ruthless Talk. My name is James Porcelli. I am your host and I am alongside with the great, the amazing Brian Thomas, man. Brian, happy new year, man. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, thanks. Thanks for uh, having me, uh, you know, initiating this whole thing uh, over the summer and uh, glad to glad to get in our, our first episode uh, up here and running and look forward to, to you know, just going over everything with you. And that sucks. And please. Edit that out. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Oh, it's all good, man. We pre I, I was trying to think you. of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, anyway. uh, so I would say I, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you. Uh, you know, being a part of this community, man, um, you know, I appreciate you, you know, being on board, um, you know what I'm saying? So uh, for those of you guys who are not uh, followed on our Facebook page, who are not followed on our social media page, um, just to give you guys just a little little idea of what this, what this show is going to be. Obviously, this is a wrestling community. This is a pro wrestling channel. Um, we will talk a lot about weekly shows. Um Today is a Tuesday, so we will be going over Monday Night Raw. The first Monday Night Raw of the new year was last night, so we will be going over that. Um, also, uh, Tuesdays, Fridays, obviously, depending on how on our schedule goes, um, obviously, stay notified on our social media um, with all that stuff. Um, those will be our AEW Dynamite reviews. Um, and then Friday and Saturday, those will be um, our uh, Friday Night SmackDown uh, reviews mainly on Saturdays, um, and of course, we will also be doing a weekly top five wrestling list. All right, so top me five. and Brian here, we will be creating our own top five. You know, biased out the window about our favorite uh, wrestlers or who we think right now is the best top five wrestlers today. It could one week it could be Rhea Ripley, one week it could be Montez Ford. You know, who knows, man? Uh, just to give a little bit of more fun. Good, some good content out to you guys, man. Um, but yeah, man, that is what is to expect. That is Ruthless Talk, by the way. Again, let me once again reintroduce myself again for those of you again who are not on our Facebook and our social in our Instagram account. Uh, my name is James Porcelli. I am the host and the founder of Ruthless Talk. I am 25 years old. Um, I'm recently just a college graduate. Um, I'm also a former college athlete and just a diehard professional wrestling fan, man. Um, I don't know if you guys notice in the title, but Ruthless, right? Ruthless is the Ruthless Aggression era. That is the era that I grew up in professional wrestling. Um, obviously, it doesn't compare to any, uh, the 80s and 90s. You know, Brian knows all about that stuff, man. You know, that was, <laughs> wrestling was at its peak. Golden um, age. But still, that's exactly the stone age. That's right. No, uh, golden, yeah, golden age. The golden age. Still, that, yeah, true. Yeah. Oh, that too, yeah. Oh, yeah, the golden both. age. Both. Yeah, both at this point. Both yeah. of them, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, man, um, you know, and I, I've i created this platform to become, and I could speak for Brian as well, is become a voice in this community. Um, we want our main goal for this, for these podcasts, for these reviews, is obviously to create good content for you guys, but to also be to be to make professional wrestling better um because it's it's no secret you know for for fans especially older fans you know who have seen the 80s who have seen the 90s of professional wrestling um you know professional wrestling has not been the same over the last decade or so and i want to make this platform to 
be an honest critic um, because that's what I know the audience deserves. The fans who want to see this product get better, whether it's WWE, AEW, New Japan, whatever it is, right? Um, you know, that's that's the main goal. You know, we'll talk about our favorites. We have our favorites, you know, in our opinions and stuff. Don't worry. But um, I want to base this off of facts, off of statistics, ratings to show what is good and what is bad. Um, like I said, we will not sugarcoat shit. We call it straight as it is. Um, and we absolutely, will give you our absolutely. honest, <clears throat> our true takes um, and all of that stuff, man. So, Brian, why don't you go ahead? The floor is yours, man. You go ahead and introduce yourself, my man. Thank you, sir. Brian Thomas, again, I, I'm a little bit of uh, the older generation, 43. So, uh, Attitude Era was definitely, that's my wheelhouse. Uh, but also, you know, grew up with in the 80s, uh, started off with NWA, you know, Hulkamania, all that stuff, Ric Flair, you know, all that stuff is where I started. So um, definitely, uh, you know, as you were saying, you know, being uh, honest, you know, about critiques and, and things of that nature. And um, I'm always going to come up from a, at the standpoint of, you know, I love what these guys do. It's it's entertainment for me. It's I respect what they do because, uh, frankly, I could never do it, you know, it, for a myriad of reasons. Um, so whether, you know, a person's my favorite or I think they're had a bad match or you're in a bad storyline or whatever, um, you know, my critiques or, or opinions are always going to uh, come from the aspect of, you know, just wanting to see it better, I guess. Uh, not any, you know, shade at an individual wrestler promotion or, whatever because we all have our favorites but uh you know just what overall good storytelling good matches obviously they remain healthy you know Mm -hmm. so that's where i'm coming at it from man but i i'm i'm very uh honored and privileged that you asked me to be a part of this so uh i look forward to it getting in this year with you man yeah man i appreciate you man it's gonna be fun it's gonna be a fun ride yeah you know saying this is just the beginning this is the first the first episode man one of many you know and i and i'm confidently say that we are we are going to take over this wrestling community, man. I promise you. Um, that is my goal. Um, I am the type of guy when looking I put forward my, to it. Yeah, exactly, man. When I when I put my mind to something, and I know Brian, you know, with his knowledge, especially, you know, because I said he, I never seen the Attitude Era. I am not from the '80s and '90s. That's why I have Brian here. He knows uh, content that has been better, at least from you know from my age or era of wrestling. Um, so that's why Brian is here, man, because uh, he knows what's good and what's not. Just like how I know I've seen wrestling enough to know what's good and what's not. Um, you know? And also, hey, if you disagree, man. That's cool. You know, yeah, hey, exactly. we all got our different Listen, flavor, you, you know. Fan, yeah. If you are a fan that disagrees with us, then, hey, man, you know, that's that's totally fine. You know, yep. but again, but the one thing that you can say about us is that these dudes know what they're talking about. All right. <laughs> there you go. So yeah. you know what? Disagree I do know a little bit want. about a little bit. <laughs> At the end of the day, we might come off as assholes. We might come off as, you know, dicks or whatever it is, man. But um, we come from a place that we ju- that we just want to see this this product get better, regardless of how we feel. Like you said, how we feel about certain wrestler. We want all these wrestlers to succeed. You know what I'm saying? We want to yeah, see all yeah, these guys sure. be larger than life. With these females, these gals to be larger than life. Yeah. Um, that is the main goal, man. And I know, you know, and it's 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 fair to the audience and it's also to the wrestlers, you know, who put like you said, put their bodies and their lives on the line who are on the road 24-7. Yeah, missing um, families. It, it's, it's it's up to us as fans 
to give them our honest feedback. You know, I remember even Cody Rhodes said it um, when they were first, when he first started up in AEW, you know, I want fans to give us, be honest, give us honest feedback. Tell us what's good and what's not good. Well, yeah. that's what this platform is here to do. Um, so yeah, man. Um, oh, before I forget real quick, uh, shout out to uh, Greg, Chelsea and Sophia, you know, first episode of the new year, first episode of this podcast. So uh <laughs> I'm starting it off with the goat there. Hey, Austin go, 316. Baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, I love it, man. Hope for love good the, things, man. Love the vibes, bro. Love the vibes, man. All right, man. Let's get straight. Uh, mm. let's get let's get into it, man. Actually, uh, before we get into uh the show, and I want to talk a little bit about ratings, of course, uh that referring to SmackDown. Um, but I do want to talk about something that's not professional wrestling related, and that is what happened um on Monday Night Football yesterday. Uh, with DeMar Hamlin. Um, you know, if you guys have not seen it, um, obviously it, it's been, it's all over Twitter. It's all over social media about, and of course, if you've seen the game last night, um, DeMar Hamlin was under cardiac arrest um, in the middle of a game yesterday. Um, he collapsed. He had a pretty, pretty much went unconscious in the middle of a game. I think T Higgins laid in his shoulder, um, went in for a tackle, stood up and immediately collapsed onto the field. Very, very horrific and very scary sight, man. And Brian, I don't know, I don't know yeah. how you came across this, man. But of course, I was taking notes of last night's show, just you know, going about business. And I found this out through Twitter. I didn't, of course, I didn't see the game. I was unable to, but um, just you know, I, I see the game being, you know, they're saying, oh, the game is suspended. I'm like, so I'm sorry, what? And then I just I dig yeah. deeper into Twitter and I see the video of his his collapse onto the field and his unkind. And I'm just like, wow, man, like I've, I've watched sports all my life and I have never mm -hmm. seen anything that's tragic as that happened last night. Um, and I want to use this platform because I know everybody's talking about it. And I think it just feels right to, to say it is that uh, my prayers and my thoughts go out to DeMar Hamlin and his family. Um, just well wishes, man. I, I think he's still, um, um, I believe he's still located in Cincinnati in a local hospital in Cincinnati. I know yeah, all the team, he'll be there for a while. For, yeah, I was gonna yeah. say yeah, he'll probably be there for a while. Thankfully, I've, I've heard that his life um, won't be at, in risk. Obviously, he's still gonna be um, taken care of and all that stuff. It's gonna obviously football. Was, football is not even like a discussion at this point. We're just glad that this, to hear that there's rumblings that he is okay. Yeah, for um, sure. And that he's going to live, um, which is the main thing. So, um, but yeah, man, uh, you know, shout out to DeMar Hamlin and uh, his family and uh, just sending him well wishes. Absolutely. I second everything. Uh, I actually didn't see the game either. Uh, I found it. I, I saw it this morning on Good, Mo Good Morning America, uh, as a matter of mm -hmm. fact. And um, so that's when I, I found out about it. But uh yeah, definitely a scary situation. Um, again, you know, prayers and thoughts to his family, his friends, his teammates, uh, you know, anybody in his community that's affected by this. And, um, you know, I, just when you said, you know, you had never seen anything like that. Uh, I've seen this one time, uh, uh, you know, elsewhere. Uh, Reggie Lewis, Boston Celtics. Uh, mm. Gosh, I don't know, 93-ish, 92, somewhere in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he collapsed on the court uh, while, you know, during a game. Um, same kind of situation. So definitely very scary. Um, and again, well wishes to, to, uh, especially Hamlin and, and all those affected. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, we just wanted to bring that up. 
Um, as I said, everybody's talking about it and it, I think it's only right for us to bring it up and, you know, let us, you know, let everybody know that, you know, our thoughts and prayers are with him and, you know, just, just hope and pray for the best man. And uh, yep. hopefully updates will come and to hopefully get some good updates with his condition and stuff like that. So, all right, man, let's, uh, let's get into it. So I want to talk a little bit about uh, SmackDown's ratings before we get into the show. Um, like I said, man, ratings and statistics are going to be somewhat heavy in this uh, um, on this platform, man. Because like I said, that's where the honest critiques come into play. So uh, definitely ratings, you know, it's it's something that matters. You know, ratings is a huge, huge thing, at least for me as a fan, to know what's, you know, what the fans are liking and what the fans aren't. Um, you know, yeah. you see ratings for different hours of the show, you know, when are people tuning in um, or tuning off at a certain hour. You know, so stuff, you know, stuff like this matters, you know, and I, and I want to really focus on ratings and statistics with the show, man. So uh, specifically talking about Friday Night Smackdown, man, um, I know last week they pulled in and this was a tape show. I believe it was around a 2.37 or 2.36, which is not bad <clears throat> for I mean, for a tape show. Um, yeah. I was actually surprised yeah. how high it even was. Um, so I'm thinking, you know. Going into the show, which was last week, you know, I'm thinking they got to crack a 2.5. And the reason I say that is because of with all the rumbling and the hype behind John Cena and his return um, and, you know, obviously his first match of the year and keeping his 20 match or keeping his match yearly match with uh, streak and stuff like that. Um, you would think that with all the hype that he got for about at least two to three weeks that you would see them crack that 2.5 at the very least. Right. But no, they yeah. actually, the rating fell or not fell. It went up, but only up to a 2.4, which I kind of thought was a little bit disappointing. I don't know how you feel about it, Brian, but I really thought that the ratings would go definitely over that 2.5. It's definitely a little bit underwhelming to see. Uh, but yeah, man, your thoughts about that. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. Underwhelming. Um, definitely, you know, the having seen it come back for the last show of the year was uh again, and this is my my personal perspective, you know, him he was never one of my favorites, but I understand wrestling in large, he's a draw, man. Um so yeah, I did expect to see those numbers a little bit higher. Um and this is just something from my perspective as a fan, and I don't know that maybe what was we kept the numbers down was um you know i just get this feeling that when you bring back these stars um you know for this this one-off thing you know obviously just to boost ratings not really going to have a any sort of long run you know you we saw him last week and maybe we'll see him a few months down the road you know that's probably it um but i just wonder if wrestling fans are feeling that too like you know, that's great seeing us back, you know, have put him in a match, have him do something, but just putting him right back, you know, at the bloodline, the arguably the top story in all of wrestling, you know, um, you know, just, it, it, I, I just, I'm not that big of a fan of it. So again, numbers a little bit disappointing um, considering the hopes of Cena and, and what that might mean, but um, maybe that has a little bit to do with it. I don't know. Yeah, and and, the, and I've said this a lot. Um, and if people follow me on Instagram, if people are on the Facebook page, um, you know, people know where I'm coming from with this. And I've said this before on Instagram live videos before about John Cena, about other part timers right now. You know, it, it's it's good to have these part timers. Now, I totally get it. Yeah, you know, yep. you want to build that viewership. You know, these are guys that were 
once legends in this in this company. You know, yeah. I, I understand if you want to bring them back, you know, to just get a little bit of a viewer, you know, ratings grab, then that's listen, I, I totally get from that aspect. But here's the problem that I have with that whole situation. You know, how long can we rely on guys like John Cena, like Goldberg, guys like Brock Lesnar, you know, all these guys that are coming back part time? Because let's be honest, they're not getting any younger. You know no, what I mean? And, no. and, and at some point, you know, you can only bring guys back, like I said, like a Goldberg and a Brock and a John Cena back for SummerSlam or WrestleMania until you have no more stars left on your roster. Yeah. Because let's be honest, the only star, the only really true star that I can think of right now on the active roster is Roman Reigns. And outside of him, who else do you have left? And uh, maybe the, you could put Wyatt in that category now or, you know, uh, but yeah, other than I that, would put, yeah. I would put, I would put Bray Wyatt in that category. He's definitely on his way. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, like his past, his past booking, he has been in great segments in the past before. The problem is when it comes to his booking and winning the big match, Vince McMahon never gave him that. I mean, no. you can look back at WrestleMania 30 when he lost to John Cena, um, even matches when he lost to the undertaker. I know it's the undertaker, but still, um, even matches with, you know, Randy Orton when he lost the WWE championship, you know, just yeah. it, when it came, I mean, yes, he was, I mean, and I love Bray Wyatt. I'm a huge Bray Wyatt fan. And this is definitely no doubt a pro Bray Wyatt uh, platform. <laughs> yeah. From both um, of us. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, man, but when it came to winning the big match at a pay-per-view, it, he yeah, was always just, at the short end of the stick. And that's the thing, was. you know, fans like us do not forget that stuff. You know, we don't forget that Bray Wyatt came up short. And, you know, what does that tell the casual fans? It's like, oh, yeah, okay, he's great. He looks dominant. He's, you know, he's he's a great superstar. But mm -hmm. when it's time to win the big match, he can't win it. And that right. was always the problem with Bray Wyatt. So at least with for Roman Reigns, you know, you know, they they give him – this historic title reign, which I think is great. I know people are like going bonkers over. <laughs> no, I've totally been on board with it. Yeah. This title reign is. I got a lot to say about that in the future, but that's another, that's a different story for a different day, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, man. It, but like I said, my going back to the whole part-timing thing, you know, it's just like, how long can we rely on these part-timers until they're no longer reliable? Um, and, and that's just right. the problem that I have. Um, and ex especially too, when we bring back these, these part-timers, for some reason, it's always involving a title, um, which is really, really always. odd. Um, <laughs> like I said, these part-timers, to me, their main focus is to elevate the active roster. And yeah. the, a title really does not need to be involved. We've seen it, like I said, with Brock, even Brock this year. We've seen it with Goldberg this year. It's just, mm -hmm. it's not needed. They don't need to be involved in a title picture to build somebody up. You know what I mean? You could build somebody up already on your active roster that could be getting that world title shot or that yeah. intercontinental title shot or whatever title it is. You know, I think I think perfect example of that, uh, you know, as far as part timers, legends, uh, you know, AEW and Sting. What I, I feel what they've done with Sting. Beautiful. You know, I, I don't yeah. think Darby Allen would be the star he is right now without Sting. Yeah. Um, and, you know, using him on a part time, you know, he, he's not challenging for titles. He's not, you know, mm -hmm. out there every night. He's he's adding and building to other people. Yeah. Now, there it is to an extent, I would say it does help because, you know, at the same time, when it comes to building active 
roster talent, you know, a guy like Sting, like you mentioned, like there's times, and it depends on, of course, on the pay-per-view and the stage. Like, Oh, for sure. Let's yeah. say like if you want to throw Sting in a world title match, like on a Dynamite, one of those weekly pay-per-views they have, uh, I don't yeah. know, like Winter is Coming or something. If you want to put him in that scene, I'm actually fine with it because guess what? It's so much better for Sting to take the loss than it is for another active young wrestler to. True. I, I hope that makes sense to everybody. Yeah, um, yeah, for you know, sure. So there is a place for it. Just not on a grant, like when it comes to Brock Lesnar, for example, when he faced Roman Reigns, like he doesn't need, I'm sorry, like he doesn't need the world heavyweight championship in the, to be in Brock Lesnar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like he doesn't need to win it at, at a SummerSlam or WrestleMania. Like it's not, I understand like the booking of it is not for him to win the title, but still it's just, it's just not needed. Like he could be in a different segment that does not involve a title to build a, cer a certain superstar. So yeah, that's the sure. type of problem that I have. But like I said, my point is really going back to this is, you know, at some point we have got, and we've, they've got to start booking these wrestlers better in regards to putting them in the right segments. And that's mm -hmm. the same thing with the part-timers, um, you know, man. So I think that that's just something that, you know, because, you know, we always say with these ratings, man, like, oh, it can't go lower than a 2.0. Well, it's gone down lower to a 2.0. Oh, it can't go down to a 1.5. Well, we're almost at that. I know I brought up a recent video on Instagram, their lowest rating in the third hour. I think this was uh, just a few weeks ago. They were they hit a 1.2 in, in the third hour. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know. And well, this is something maybe maybe for next show we can look into it or maybe you know offhand like do you like say at the height of of attitude era do you know what the ratings were oh i know were that the... for a fact it the, i think the highest rated segment i believe it was in the it was 1999 i'm not sure what the month is i have to do further research with that but literally the 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 viewership literally hit eight million or oh, about damn. seven point yeah seven yeah around the range between or the range the highest range i believe in the attitude era was between seven to i think even close to 9 million but i think yeah. around 8.9 was their highest rating so that's what i mean it's just like we're lowering our bar saying like right. oh like 2.0 like that's a, at least it's not a one point like dude like it can <laughs> yeah, be so it's much so better much. man and that's absolutely the thing. Like, fans today have just lowered their bar yeah and like as a fan like we could be doing so much better yeah you might have liked a segment that's cool but like be honest with yourself it could be way better um sure you know, and then that's that's just the place where I'm coming from, man. So, same here, same here. Yeah, man. All right, man. So uh, that is that, man. So, like I said, uh, I know, like, if fans are not a fan or, or not a into ratings talk, like, oh, like ratings don't matter, like, oh, whatever. <laughs> like, oh, well, deal with it. <laughs> that's, yeah. I'm sorry, man. You can uh, hit the bricks. I'm sorry. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, like I said, man, at, like the said, day, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it does matter. I said it from the beginning. We don't sugarcoat shit. We don't, you know, we tell it like it is and we tell the facts and we tell the stats, man. That's yeah. how we do it, bro. All right, man. Well, finally, after about 2000 years later, uh, let's get, <laughs> finally get into this, uh, into this review, man. Um, so as the show, and I'll talk more about at the end of the show, when we get done with the review, you know, obviously this is, this is the first year, the first raw of the new year, right, Brian. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to me, this was once again just another redundant type of show where, you know, at every hour of every segment, there really wasn't anything that interests me. And uh, there was some good in, in this in this show, and we'll get yeah. to it. 
Um, but for the whole full th three hours of the show, um, there was just nothing that it's in inconsistency. Again, mm -hmm. we see this with Vince McMahon. We've seen it. We're seeing it now again with Triple H, man. Um, just stuff that just does not make sense. Just stuff that has just been redundant stuff that we've seen in the past before. Um, you know, and then there's fans that are going to, you know, we're going to, you know, just defend it like, oh, it's a great match. And then there's bangers, right? You know, like that, that's the word we like to use bangers, bangers. like bangers. a bang. Oh, this match was a banger. Like, you know, it's like, a you know, people just doing flips. All and of them were, right? All this <laughs> other bullshit. Um, it's just it's just so, I hate that word, man. If people follow me on Instagram, you guys know how much I hate that word. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, it's just, you know, it's just again, it's just you think like it's, you know, New Year, same WWE to me. At least that's what I saw from the show, man. Um, but yeah. Brian, your 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 thoughts. Yeah, same kind of overall feeling. You know, I, I had noticed, uh, and I even wrote down here. You know, the whole night. Uh, you know, it didn't really matter what match or what promo. Uh, you know, the audience was flat. There, I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of spots where the audience really got engaged a whole yeah. lot. You know, mm -hmm. um, the the biggest two I can remember was in the. Uh, Oh gosh, the uh, damage control match, um, yeah. <laughs> and then of course Theory and Rollins. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. But other than that, I mean, it was, and even those two matches, you know, very, you know, a couple spots here and there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, very, very flat, and I kind of thought the same thing. Um, you know, there was nothing. There was nothing new. Nothing exciting. I, I you know, I guess you know we'll go down here match by match here shortly. But overall, you know, the average run of the mill Raw. I think um, right now of the three major shows being Raw, SmackDown, and and Dynamite, I would put Raw number three there. Yeah, um, and they're they're holding firm at number three. Mm -hmm. Well, so. let's talk about it, man. Let's let's jump into it. So right from the jump, man, first hour of the show. So that so tonight's Monday Night Raw. This was uh, January 2nd, 2023. This was in Nashville, Tennessee. I thought, like I said about the crowd, man, last night, the Nashville crowd, um, you know, they had their moments. You know, I think that that's yeah. I think it's becoming a regular thing when crowd when, you know, when a crowd is hot, you know, they'll let you know, especially when in a big match or some sort of banger, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Yeah, um, heard the bangers, you know, man. And of course, and then there's times where, like you said, there was times where they were dead silent. Um, you know, Nashville, Tennessee, you know, not, you know, um, I know it has, it's not the <clears> biggest <throat> wrestling town, at least not for what I'm familiar with, but, um, you know, not one of their greatest crowds, but, you know, they, there was times they were on and off uh, for the right reasons. Um, but, but yeah, yeah, I just thought yeah. I'd bring that up. Yeah, no, yeah, I kind of feel the same. Yeah, for the right reasons, you know. I mean, there was, uh, you know, just wasn't a whole lot to really get excited about, you know. So absolutely. All right, man. Let's let's start this from the jump, man. So hour number one, um, hour number one. The first, the uh, the night started off with the bloodline. So the bloodline pretty much was doing a hostile takeover. That's <laughs> the words of Sami Zayn. Uh, they came out. They're pretty much. Um, flipping tables, their commentary is running off commentary. Yeah. Um, and literally, and then, uh, so they're creating pretty much a ruckus, um, for the, for the most part. And, 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 and I want to stop it right there. See, I have my opinion and I'm going to get into it a little bit more, but I don't know how you feel about this, Brian, but I do like a show that has a little bit of chaos. So when I see like yeah. the bloodline invading, you know, they're creating this chaos and stuff. I'm like, okay, then great. I, I like that stuff. Right. However, uh, <laughs> let's, 
let's just say uh, that that the it doesn't go as well as we'd hope for. Um, so yeah, so like I said the bloodline they they they're on the they're on commentary. They 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 you know commit you know saying how they're going to take over. They're creating a hostile takeover. They're on commentary and all that stuff. And then Kevin Owens comes out. Kevin Owens comes out. He grabs the microphone. Well, Sami Zayn grabs the microphone first. And he was like, listen, you know, we're taking over. We don't care what anybody says. We don't listen to any authority. You know, this is a hostile takeover. Those are mm-hmm. the words of Sami Zayn. Um, and then pretty much he said, because of you, Kevin Owens, you know, because of the, you know, the beef that we have with you and the, you know, the, you know, the, the loss on Friday night. That, yeah. The situation that you yeah. have with me um, is the reason for this. So you are the blame for this. Um, and Kevin Owens was kind of just funny. He was just like, after hearing you talk, I just want to just punch you in the face. <laughs> so he saw yeah. into the ring and then Adam Pierce and security come in um, pretty much, uh, you know, trying to take or try to get the bloodline out of the arena. And they epically failed. Uh, I believe Solo Sokoa took. I love Solo Sokoa, by the way, looking dominant, by the way. I, I do, too. Yeah. Too, man. Yep. Um, so yeah, so security tried to evacuate them out of the, out of the arena. Um, and of course and failed and then the locker room empties and then the bloodline re- retreats. So that hostile takeover didn't last maybe more than two minutes yeah. before the locker room empties. Uh, and I believe, uh, Pierce was, he announced like, Oh, he's like, if you want to take over, if you want to do this and that, well, I'm going to be announcing some singles matches for you guys to compete in. And we end the segment. I'm going to have you start this off, Brian. Go ahead. I got you. Uh, well, first off, can can we just as as wrestling fans, maybe and wrestlers, can we just retire the hostile takeover term? <laughs> uh, I've, I've seen so many hostile takeovers, uh, um, but hostile I get it. Takeover. Right. I mean, I get yeah. it. It, it yeah. is what it is. Um, but ultimately, I, I did like the the opening you know the show opening that way with the bloodline in there just yeah just causing all kinds of damage mm-hmm. um and then what ultimately followed after that the you know the four raw guys against the bloodline mm-hmm. um you know de- definitely kind of just a hodgepodge a, a mixture in there just yeah. four guys to go against them um you know so it is what it is i would you know i was i was okay with it Here's the yeah, I'd like that I like I'd like the heat coming in, you know, and then yeah. by the end of it, yeah, I was it was all right. Yeah, here's here's my issue with it. Like you said, the the intensity, the fireworks to start the show, love it. Um, <clears throat> here's the problem that I have. I don't think the bloodline was the right people to be in this situation because I don't think they needed this type of booking. Um. You know, because like I said, they they didn't they weren't they like running rampage in the locker room a few weeks ago. Right, to, they were beating up everybody, and look how that turned out. I think and I think the Usos ended up losing in the later of the night. It's like, dude, you you, you were sent by Roman Reigns to take over, and now you guys look like freaking geeks, <laughs> and like yeah. uh, like getting beat up. Like, dude, like and it's the same yeah. thing. Not even two minutes, Brian. Not even two minutes. These guys are they're announcing that they're going to take over, and then just like in the snap of a finger. They're retreating to the back. Right. And yeah. it just makes them look so freaking weak. It does. It, it just, it makes absolutely just no sense to me. I understand. I like what they were trying to do, creating chaos and all that stuff to start the show. I get all that. But to me, if you're going to have someone take over, first of all, the, 
I mean, if you're going to do the bloodline, then I mean, my God, man, like you got to, you got to give me better than that. dude. Like have a, you know, have a, have a, a few, uh, you know, jobbers, if you, if you will run out there and have them, you know, just totally lay waste to a handful of people. And then like, whatever it is, man, it's just like all of a sudden it's like all these people are already getting their, their revenge of some sort on on the bloodline. And it's just like, bro, like, like what, what are we doing here, man? And it's (laughs) just like, you know, in my opinion, Brian, well, not my opinion. This is like, I truly, you know, think that this was the right way. I really think that like a faction, like the judgment day would have been a better call to do this type of takeover because they need it. Right. Like they really need it right now. Like people are kind of starting to dig the judgment day, especially Rhea Ripley. Rhea, I think they would yeah. have been a perfect faction. You don't need the bloodline. The bloodline is the bloodline, right? You just right. need to put them in the right segments. They don't need to do an invasion type of segment. It's just, to me, it was just not needed. Um, the judgment day would have been a perfect, would have been a perfect type. And they're, and they're the right, and they're a perfect group to do it in with. I mean, you already have Rhea Ripley beating up a bunch of schmucks, like right. security and stuff like that. Um, like I said, I don't, like I said, go ahead. So just, you know, I don't know if it's, if it's too late for the judgment day as a faction to go that route now to, you know, they, they've been, a, they've been established here for a little bit. I don't know that you can bring them in and, and have them run rough shot over everybody. You know what I'm saying? But I get your point. Like I, I think something like that would work better for the Judgment Day for sure. Yeah, and that's. But here's the thing, though. Like this, the Judgment Day still needs to be built. Like the the bloodline. Yeah. Like I said, the, the bloodline are the faces of this company. That's my thing. The Judgment yeah. Day. Let's be honest. They have they have not been booked outside of Rhea Ripley. Every Finn Balor, Damian Priest. Dominic Mysterio, I'll be honest, he's had his moments, and we're gonna get into Dominic in just a bit. <laughs> yeah. Um with, with his little uh with his little promo this that is he cut jailhouse promo. <laughs> but um but yeah, it's just like the bloodline to me, and this invasion type of thing, just to me, it was not meant for the bloodline. You've already done this weeks ago. Yeah, you you completely botched it by having them look like geeks, like I said earlier. You know, why not? try to continue to build like the judgment day does have potential they have the entrance they have the look yeah they have you know with Rhea ripley by their side like you know it's just to me they needed something like that she's you know, they a star need to man. Look dominant uh, you know how many times have we seen the judgment day get 50 50 book they lose these types of matches you know what i'm saying yep. like they needed this type of thing i to me i would have had someone like the judgment day run rampant um, through the Monday Night Raw locker room, and I don't think it was, it's going to do any harm to the people in the back. You know, I think there was people like Dolph Ziggler and some other people that came from mm-hmm. the locker room when they emptied. I don't think it's going to do anything to hurt them at all, um, not unless you have something else for them instead of just getting beat up, <laughs> yeah. like Mustafa Ali and Ricochet. But still, but putting them in that type of segment along with something else you have planned for them is not going to hurt them. But with the Judgment Day, you're Agreed. trying to make them into this dominant faction. This invasion would have been perfect. Um, to me, the bloodline is the bloodline. Um, I don't think they need an invasion type of type of segment to be to be noticed, to be larger than life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I just didn't. I, I, that's just where I'm coming from. Gotcha. Right on. Yeah, man. So yeah, um, so let's just say the, the first thirty minutes, uh, let's just say, kind of fell off the rails <laughs> a little bit, a um, little bit. So yeah, so we go into commercial break, uh, and then coming back 
from commercial. Um, Adam Pierce is backstage with everybody um, pretty much arguing. Everybody wants a piece of the bloodline. Elias steps in. Elias steps in. He's like, listen, you know, I want Solo Sokoa, not in a match, but in a fight. You know, he uh, he tried to end my career with, I think he hit him I, something about a, a guitar shot or something. I yeah, yeah, it was like a few weeks, I don't know, a month ago, yeah, something like that. I, few, I, I yeah. guess. He's like, listen, he, he, you know, he tried to end my career with that. I want him in a, in a match. And he's like, okay, let's put him in a Nashville street fight. Dude, Dude uh, what? I hated okay. it. I hated it. First of all, like, with... I'm talking Solo Sokoa for a second. Mm -hmm. Why would you put Solo Sokoa in this type of match in a Nashville street fight? Like this dude is supposed to be a badass, right? He's this badass Samoan. Like, how can I take this guy seriously if this guy's getting, if Elias is like beating him up with like a flute, a tambourine. Or like hitting a ta or hitting in the ass with a tambourine? Like, well, like come on, bro. Like this yeah. is not the setting to put Solo Sokoa in, and that's what I mean about this company. Either they don't care. Or they have no idea what they're doing or how to book Solo Sokoa at all. I like what they're doing with Solo Sokoa right now. He's winning matches. He's looking dominantly. But to put him in this street fight, it was just silly. And it's just not someone who I want to be badass to put in a segment in. So that's just the yeah. one thing. And then, of, and then, of course, Adam Pierce made another match with Sami Zayn and the Usos to take on the Street Profits and Kevin Owens. Um a six man, another six. I like to call it a six man schmoz because it's a, it's just a circus fest. Uh, yeah, like the call. Man. There's much. nothing really to review about six man tag matches because uh, I mean, Brian, you probably know this as as well as I do. I mean, especially in tag team wrestling now, everybody is flying from pillar to post. Everybody tries to get their spots in, and selling and and in ring psychology and storytelling just go out the window. And I just don't like it, man. To me, this is just nothing but a lazy type of booking to get into a six-man tag match so you start off the night hot and it just goes into a six-man tag um yeah just to me it makes absolutely uh zero sense man so yeah but back to uh solo i agree i like what they're doing with him i tell you on so last friday on smackdown i loved the the match uh him and sheamus Oh, thought yeah. that was thought that was pretty good. And I mentioned and, then and now, I mentioned this from the uh Instagram um live that I did. Um I love the match, even though yeah. I, I believe it was only a 10-minute match, did nothing, it did nothing to hurt Sheamus. Absolutely nothing. No. It was physical, everything was I did not mind it at all. See, that's the type of of booking you want for Solo to Sokoa to showcase his physicality, his dominance, putting him in this 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 weird Nashville street fight where he's being thrown into a drum set and being hit over the hit over the yeah. head with like a with a flute or whatever like it's just it's so dumb bro i'm sorry yeah that, that was pretty my pretty much my even before i knew the 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 gimmick of the match you know I, again i just went back from man great match with sheamus on friday and granted you're on raw now but elias and solo just not that same energy and i mean for me i, I even wrote down here i mean the piano bump at the end for the win. I guess that was a highlight of the match. You know, it actually was a decent highlight. I didn't mind. Well, the yeah. Samoan spike before. I love the Samoan spike that they've additioned to. Yeah, um, his his signature move set. I, I think go that's back to awesome. Umaga. Yeah, that's Umaga and all that yep. stuff. I like it. And yeah. he obviously has the vibe, the same type of vibe that Umaga kind of has. For sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, I didn't mind the finish of crashing through the piano. It was just the match in general, just wasn't. Yeah just wasn't needed 
and it does nothing. And what does this do for Elias? Elias looks uh, nothing. I like I like to use this term. He looks nothing. He he's he looks like an absolute geek. Um, yeah. I mean, just losing in this. I mean, this does nothing for Elias. I mean, and it really does nothing really for Solo Sokoa. I get it. He looks dominant. That's great, and he's winning matches. But it does. And it didn't lead to anything. No, and, and, and it, it won't lead to anything. Elias. What is Elias? What is Elias going to do? He's just going to go back into catering. It's like Triple H. It's just like, oh yeah. Elias, we're um, we're gonna have you face Solo Sokoa. You're gonna lose, and uh, yeah, have fun back in Gatoring. Uh, yeah. So and you know and, I mean? and when just, the when the gimmick the gimmick of the match favors him, you know, exactly, exactly. Th- theoretically, it favors him, and he's lo- <laughs> and he's losing. So let let's just continue. Yeah, let's you know, it's like oh, so, so I'm gonna lose the match, Triple H, or or what else? Oh yeah, no, that's it. Just like I said, go back to catering. We got nothing for you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, yeah, my my thoughts too. Yeah, not not really anything to write home re- regarding that match, but you know. Yeah, man. All right, let's let's move on, man. Um, obviously, we're off to a rocket start. With the, uh, <laughs> rocket start. All right. Uh, next, we also I think we went into a sixty second interview um, with Bianca Belair, kind of just to hype yep. up the world the women's world title match. Um, you know, with Byron Saxon. Pretty sure this was only like sixty seconds. Uh, pretty much talking about Alexa Bliss and pretty much her relationship with her now um, and stuff like that, pretty much. Nothing really to kind of really go over um, yeah. as we go into um, go into our first match, which was the, um, the Raw women's title match. This was Bianca Belair versus Alexa Bliss. Match time for this match was 17 minutes in total. Um, and I like the so first off, I, I I did obviously the match itself. I'm gonna get into the match itself before I go into anything else. It did have some funny, cool moments in this match. I I don't yeah. know if you know this, Brian. I don't know if you ever heard of the of uh, the movie Scary Movie Three. And I saw the reference they did in this match where uh I forget the name of the actor, but it's a scene where uh uh this the actor is watching a movie called the uh the movie The Ring. And where uh-huh. she, and the and the lady from the ring is actually crawling out of the television, and she's literally fighting with the lady of the ring. And then she does like the scene where she's holding onto her head, and then like she's sprawling and trying to throw hands while her hand is being covered and all that stuff. If you see it, if you go on Facebook or Twitter or anything, you'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah, they do so... the same type of reference in this match. I thought it was actually kind of funny. Um, just I think the character. Um, in relating to that movie, I thought was kind of funny. Um, so I just had to bring that up for a second. Um, and then in the beginning of the introduction was funny too. I think when Bianca Belair's name was getting introduced, she's like covering her ears. She's like looking annoyed. I thought that was really uh, right. Funny. Right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, as far as the match, um, you know, Bianca shows her strength and her physicality early, which makes sense. You know, she's, she's the bigger, stronger competitor. Alexa sure. is obviously has, you know, she's, She's not as big. She's not as strong. So she's going to have that little bit of a disadvantage. I don't know if you've got this, this vibe uh, or not, Brian, but to me, these ladies were not on the same page. There were times where this match was very, very messy. Um, and I like Bianca Belair a lot. I love um, her in the world title scene. Her reign as of late is a different story, um, especially with the whole war games thing. I just think that mm-hmm. the attention has just been her lately in a faction with Alexa Bliss and Asuka instead of solely on her, um, which has really kind of diminished her title reign. Um, 
But again, I like Bianca Belair, but these two, to man, and I watched this clearly. Like they were not on the same page, man. Um, they were just there was I, there was ugly spots. Um, yeah. and listen, we understand that Alexa Bliss, and we know Alexa Bliss isn't the great in-ring performer. Um, and I have a bunch of topics to talk about that too. Well, that's another another time for a different day. But uh, but clearly, we're not on the same page in this match. Uh, but 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 like I said, the the match again was it was very subpar um, just, just from watching how ugly it was. It had some moments in the match where it was fun. Like I talked about the scary movie reference, scary movie three reference, yeah. which was funny. Um, but it, but it was after or towards the end of the match that was really, that really started to get going. And that was a fan with an uncle howdy mask was in the stands and Alexa bliss is mm-hmm. like completely distracted. Her eyes are wide and she's like, what the heck is this? And then as she's bringing Bianca back into the ring, she's almost like she's still distracted. She's still looking back. And then there's another fan with an Uncle Howdy mask. At this point, like Alexa is in distress. Like she, yeah, she's like trying to concentrate on the match. And she, it's almost like she's being, I want to, I don't want to say possessed, but like she's being taken control of with her mind. Yeah. in In a sort of way, not really possessed, but in a different type of way, if that makes sense. Um, and I and I and I loved it, man. I'm, I loved the the storytelling behind it. And then, of course, uh, uh, Bray Wyatt's um, logo appears on the Firefly, Tron, static yeah. appearing on the Tron. And then all of a sudden, man, Alexa Bliss just snaps and she just annihilates the referee. This obviously causes a disqualification, and then also annihilates on Bianca Belair after the match, man. I believe. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Brian, but I believe she delivered, I believe it was like a DDT or was it a sister Abigail, like on the steel steps? I know she was on the steel steps right. and she delivered would look like a DT or, or a sister. Abigail. Yeah. It was, sure it was just one. a standard, standard DDT. Yeah. Standard DDT. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's what, that's what yep. I figured. Yeah. Um, and then the crowd, the crowd actually really gets into it. And this is what I mean. I'm going to get into yeah. this in a little bit more after when we're done talking about this, the crowd chants one more time. And Alexa Bliss does come back and she does deliver that second DDT onto the floor. I think they chanted one more time again for the third time, but they did do it a third time, which I thought was fun. Right. And this is fun. And this is in Bianca's home uh home state of Tennessee, uh, where that's where she I believe she went to uh to uh, Yeah, yeah. You know what? I didn't Tennessee, even think which, about that. Yeah. And, and Alexa Bliss is technically supposed to be in the heel in this, and you hear that reaction, and it's just like, huh, interesting. Yeah. Um, but I I loved I loved the uh the, the stuff that happened toward the end of the and the the end and then the after the match happened um just the whole the whole Bray Wyatt thing I've said this many times man I've said this on my Instagram man Alexa Bliss and her best work was always with Bray Wyatt it they was, were in the I highest agree. rated segments they had the most clicks on YouTube go look it up I've I've already looked it up it is an absolute fact yeah um and the crowd reaction, like you hear the crowd towards the end of the match gets so, so into it. And you and, and I don't know if you remember this, Brian, too, back at Russell at last uh, Bray Wyatt's last match with the whole Jack in the box thing when they faced Randy Orton. And you yeah. hear the crowd chanting, holy shit, holy shit, like the crowd's into it. And that's the thing with supernatural gimmicks. I know people are like so sick of, oh, it's so boring. It's not going anywhere. Oh, it's this is getting like we're done. I'm like, dude, like, and they're saying all oh, supernatural stuff. It's so kinky and it's so important. Like, dude, like, but yet you hear that reaction and it's like clearly 
something is working you know yeah. what i mean and, and and that's just like like supernatural type of stuff like papa shango and obviously the undertaker of course we all know and love the undertaker mm -hmm. you know stuff like this is needed of course it has to be booked properly of course um but I and, and, this, yeah it definitely takes the the right uh the right performer to pull it off you know for sure and, 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 and i, I think, think uh undertaker yeah. wyatt bliss did excellent yeah and i think bliss has done a tremendous job like i said her work has always been the best with bray wyatt i stand that to this day um and i think i'm not sure but here's the thing i don't know where it's gonna lead to because you have the angle with bray wyatt and la Knight, and now you have alexa bliss here but I love the fact that I don't know. You know, I love the yeah. unknown here. I love watching a a feud or a storyline that's like in a good way, of course. Not that I'm like befuddled, like this doesn't make sense. It's like it makes sense, but you don't know what's happening. It's like I need to see what happens next. Yeah, and and that's what happens. So obviously, outside of the match, which was very very ugly at times, they definitely the ending of this match definitely I think made up for it. Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm leaning that way too. I, I even have in my notes. It, it was very sloppy at times, and you, I mean, it was noticeable. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, by the end, you know, once the the Uncle Howdy, you know, characters or whatever showed up, um, definitely got the crowd back into it. <clears throat> um, you know, an, an okay, decent match. You know, I would say. Here's my thing with Bliss and, and Belair and that in that feud, like, and obviously you can see Bliss is getting. At some point, you know, the connection is going to be made with Wyatt. At least that's what, what it's looking like. Yeah. So I, I don't like her in a title match with, with Belair. Like, just let her, and it's building that way. And I see that. Yeah. But let, she's like one of those other, another character. Like, if you put her in this situation where she's with Wyatt and, and goes from there, she doesn't need to be in the title picture. She can do, you know many different yeah. things for their feuds with whoever yeah um so that, that's my one drawback to it. i just and again that's just my personal take i just don't like seeing bliss right now with what they're also trying to do with wyatt being just this just early. let's go there let's let's just go with that you know and that and here's another thing and i'm gonna end it with this um like i said bray wyatt and alexa can their work together can they continue to kill it man um she is she has done a tremendous job and i've gained a lot of respect for alexa bliss because of her work with bray wyatt yeah i didn't know how much she knew or how or could she pull this stuff in professional wrestling off, you know, being over and stuff like that. And she's proven that she, she can do it. And I've gained a lot of oh, respect yeah. for Alexa bliss. Yep. Here's my, here's also my problem. This is totally separate from Alexa bliss. I'm going back to the match at this point. And I don't know how you feel about this, Brian. I don't understand why we constantly have these title matches in the middle of Monday night raw. All mm -hmm. the freaking time. We see it all the time. I understand. When I was watching Monday Night Raw, you would once, once in a blue moon, you would get a world title match. Once in a blue moon. A women's title match, world title, uh -huh. whatever, for the men, whatever it is, right? And it felt special because you rarely saw it. Maybe it was after like a pay-per-view, there's a rematch. It's like, oh, snap, like a title match on Monday Night Raw. Like, we never see that. And right. now you see it. It's like every single week. So, like, how can I get excited about a women's title match when we see women's title matches on raw all the time and it's just right it's, i just don't like that man like you can be filling in that spot 
to build storylines. <laughs> There's a crazy mm-hmm. concept, right? To build an actual to build an actual feud. I loved the segment last week when Alexa Bliss and I spoke about this on um or my last raw review on Instagram her smashing the the vase over Bianca's head. I thought it was done tremendously. Yeah. And it's like, okay, this is building up to the rumble. And all of a sudden I hear the announcement of first Raw of the New Year, Alexa Bliss and Bianca Belair. Why are we rushing into this match already? Like keep building. Yeah. You know? And it's just I, it's just and see that's why, yeah, for me, like I don't think there were or you know, maybe there was, I don't know, any intention for like like a, a rumble, you know, or, or a pay-per-view match. But, you know, I, I think by the time Run, rumble comes around, especially now, or, or at least between rumble and mania, bliss is going to be, you know, off doing her thing with Wyatt. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think there's any long-term feud right now, at least for, with, with the title and Bel Air or yeah, could be wrong though. Who knows? Yeah, man, it's it's um it's definitely going to be interesting to see where. I mean, listen, I mean, I'm I'm sure that there's going to be a rematch at the Rumble. Uh, yeah, but here's the problem: it's just like now we've already seen the match. Mm-hmm. Like, what else in this match, and it's that we haven't seen. Are we going to not see that we haven't seen already? I mean, I the that's only... the problem that I have with these matches on Monday Night Raw, and it's just like, oh, then we're going to have the rematch at the at the at the pay per view. It's just mm-hmm. like. Like like it's it doesn't feel special anymore or, because we've already seen it. Yeah, yeah, true. The the only thing is, so if if they did it again at the Rumble, you know, Bliss and Bel Air. Yeah, I think at that point, if you're, if you're having that match again, then whether it's by outside interference or something with Way Bray yeah. or or whatever, then you got to put the belt on on Bliss. Something happens there with the Wyatts to or yeah. or whatever Here, to where she wins, and now she's. What, but I, I I don't I wouldn't prefer that. Yeah, here's how I feel about it. Um, I don't think Alexa Bliss and this gimmick that she's going with Bray Wyatt even needs the title. Like, I think you mentioned Yeah, that's that what I'm saying, earlier. yeah. Bianca Belair needs to be champion going into WrestleMania because I want this yeah. woman. And the reason I, would... I say that is because, listen, I understand people want to talk about her title reign as of late. I get all that. <clears throat> but at least you would rather... I want her to lose the title on a big stage, you know, as soon as like title mm-hmm. reigns get boring, it's just like, Oh, just, just get rid of the, just, just take the title off of her. Like she's not doing anything about like, but okay. Yeah. How are you going to get the title off of her? You can't just make her look like a sideshow and just put the title. Like I'm going to bring yeah. this up and I don't want to bring it up because <laughs> I spoke heavily about it on my Instagram, on my Instagram live, the whole Charlotte flair situation. And Ronda Rousey. It's just like, oh, everybody hates Ronda Rousey uh, nowadays. They're like, oh, she she botches. She doesn't care. Put the title off of her. I'm like, okay, you still have to protect Ronda in some sort of way. You can't just have her get rolled up in less than a minute by yeah. Charlotte Flair to win to win a title. It does nothing for anybody. It did nothing for Raquel Rodriguez, who, by the way, looked really good in that match. Actually, that match was solid. I was yeah. shocked at how solid the match was. I mean – they play to their strengths and they hide their weaknesses in that match. But yet, and then Charlotte Flair does, you know, they do this crap with Charlotte Flair just to have as many title reigns as her father. And it diminishes all the work that Ronda and um, and Raquel put into that match. Oh, yeah. You know, but, you know, it's the That's queen. It. You're the queen, Charlotte Flair. Yay. <laughs> and it, yeah, I, I, I think know, that they was. They needed to put the title on her. I'm like, dude, oh my God. 
Yeah, I, I didn't like that really at all. I mean, that I'm fine with Flair having another title reign at some point, and of course she will because she is that good, you know, for sure. No, and that's and listen, but I, right I now and get, how it was done, I don't no. want to get it straight. If people watch my Instagram live, you know, Charlotte Flair has talent, and there is a place for her. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? There is a place for her. But I'm gonna be honest with you, man. The fact they're trying to sell me. That she's this, she's one of the greatest women's wrestlers on the face of this earth by having more title reigns as her father, or just as many as her father. Yeah, not buying it because I'm I've been watching this girl. If putting the title on her, if you want it, because like, is she really going to make the company better by winning her 14th championship? It hasn't <laughs> worked for them for seven plus years, Brian. It hasn't yeah. worked. What right. makes us believe it's going to work now? You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And that's that's and that's just my point, man. And there were and now I've heard these rumblings, and I'm gonna end it with this before we get into the next segment. Yeah, sure. I've been hearing a lot of rumblings about Bianca Belair and how boring her title reign is. And like, oh, you know, she's getting so boring, and it's the same thing. It's just like, dude, fans are so fickle. Like, for I, sure. honestly, for I sure. so these are the same women that were were begging for a title reign for Bianca Belair and, and like we're praising for a push for Bianca Belair. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden, just because of bad booking, I agree the booking of her reign has not been good, but don't blame Bianca blame Vince McMahon blame triple H. And by the way, I truly believe Vince McMahon has some say still into the show. I understand he's uh, yeah. retired and all no but way. I mean, you he watch doesn't. these shows. And the reason why I say this, I'm going to say this at the end of the show or the end of this uh, review, you watch triple H's booking. Right. You've seen Vince McMahon's booking in the last five to 10 years. What's different? Yeah. There's nothing different. It's the same thing. You're seeing Charlotte Flair get pushed. We know how much rain uh, uh, Vince loves his, his golden girls, you know, his, yeah. his, the golden child. You know what I mean? You're seeing Roman Reigns, even though Roman Reigns, we like Roman Reigns right now. You're seeing Austin Theory with a title. Like, what's different? This is supposed to yeah. be the Triple H era of professional wrestling. I don't see it. I, yeah, I mean, we, there, there's definitely throughout the the matches and and shows. I mean, there's definitely I see the pros and cons to both. But uh, yeah, I mean, the character change with theory, you know, it, you know, char new character, new title, you know, the character change. I got a lot to say about that too. But yeah, ahead. but uh, yeah, I mean, I still see a lot of similarities, and and I don't know that given you know whether it's Vince, Stephanie, or, or Triple H, you know, they're mostly cut from the same kind of cloth. I mean, they've, they've been in this industry and doing the same things for years. So I, I don't see it ever going being much of a variation. But I, I would say I do like Triple H's booking, you know, since, since Vince has been out, so to say, I do like it better. I, I get it, but... Here's the here's the thing, and I, and we're gonna move on. And when I, once I say this, but I want to make this one last statement. Yes, I understand. You know, Triple H, he's done good things. Like for example, he's brought people back, right? Mm -hmm. He's brought Karen Cross back. He's brought Tegan Knox. A lot of NXT talent, like you know, bringing these stars back. Here's the problem. Like Candice LeRae is a perfect example. You know, she had her big return. She's came back. What has she done since then? Yeah, she has been booked. She's been fifty fifty, but like she's an afterthought. 
Carrying Cross is the one for me. Like you know, w- w- upon his return, I expected big things, and yeah, he it's just Karrion been. Cross. I mean, listen, he had his he had his moments with Drew McIntyre, and now he's you know he's hardly even being put on the show. Yeah, Bronson Reed, like you have him be the Miz is like. Why is all these NXT talent, by the way, just aligned with the Miz? I like the Miz, but it's just it's just weird to me. Tommaso, <laughs> I Chippa, noticed that Johnny Gargano, and now it's Bronson Reed. It's just so oh, odd. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, man, it's just like. Yes, we, we, we like all these NXT talents. You know, it's great to see them back, but what they're Triple H either A doesn't know what to do with them long term, or B just doesn't care. Uh, I mean, it's one of the two because I'm seeing the same thing with Vince McMahon, the way he books these shows, the same way I'm seeing Triple H book these shows right now. It's the same thing. And it's I mean that that's that's just how I feel about it, man. It's just like the re- the inconsistency, the segments that don't make sense, and then fans. Then like, there's also fans like, oh, James, just give it time. It it takes time to create change, <laughs> bro. Triple H has been doing this now for what um, six months now. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, I'm not like, exactly sure, but I think it's been it's been around like that, that time. It's like okay, so what we we want to wait about what two two years three years okay two more three okay then oh then we'll get change okay um but yeah, i mean like listen like you know give it it's like give it time like change doesn't happen overnight it doesn't take that long to change the format of a show this is the same format that i've seen with vince mcmahon for years and that's yeah. just where i'm coming from you know what I mean? yeah um you got anything to add before we move on brian no, 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 not not regarding any of that you know so yeah i, I think uh overall you know we were on the bliss and bel-air um yeah you know, just for me to close that out, yeah. I mean, I hope in the near future, Bliss kind of just goes off her own way with with Wyatt, you know, fully. And yeah. I fully intend to see right now a Bel Air, uh, Rhea Ripley WrestleMania. I mean, that's that's what that I'm thinking. So yeah, that would be something. Take my money. That's yep. <laughs> Take my money, man. So hopefully um, that uh, maybe you know, again, starting at the Rumble, maybe who knows? But yeah. uh, I anticipate that coming down the road. Yeah, man. And I apologize to everybody. I know we kind of went off the rails. Uh, we <laughs> talk professional wrestling. Uh, we can be on here yeah. for hours, but uh, we want to try to move along here. So let's uh, let's get into this next segment, man. Uh, next segment was a uh, backstage interview with Austin Theory. Again, this was just, again, to pump up their title match for later in the night. I think this was about 60 or 60 to 90 seconds, uh, Austin yeah. Theory being Austin Theory. You mentioned Austin Theory earlier about his character change. Um, and again, I, I don't want to harp on this too much, but, you know, people were clamoring about this character change with it, with Austin Theory. Oh, he needed this character change. He needed the. Why did this guy need to be absolutely embarrassed just to get a reboot or a character change? This guy looked yeah. like an absolute idiot for cashing his clown, money man. in the bank. Yeah. Yeah, his money in the bank contract on a mid card title, and to make it worse, he loses it and loses. He loses it. <laughs> you can't hit rock bottom more than that. Yeah, but it's like oh, it's like but don't worry, Triple H is going to take her. By the way, Triple H has never really been an Austin Theory guy, and I'll tell you why. Yeah, I don't think if so you either. Notice as soon as Austin Theory the first the first time he he made his main roster debut, um, you know. He was sent back to NXT, right? With the whole Johnny Gargano I'm, family. I'm not quite familiar with that, but yeah. Okay, yeah. Ahead. Well, yeah. If, if people who watch NXT, I'm sure people who watch this, they know what I'm talking about. He gets sent back to NXT. 
Triple H wasted no time sending him straight back to the main roster. I'm like, I don't know ah. what to do with this kid, nor do I want anything to do with them. That's yeah, what it screams gotcha. to me. Right. And the fact that people want to blow smoke up my ass to say that this dude has a character change. It's the same character, Brian, but he's not taking selfies anymore. That's what the <laughs> yeah. character is. Oh, but he has a more mean streak. Like we have never seen that type of character before. He's on a right. he's grown a beard and he's, you know, he's he's on more of a mean streak. Like, dude, stop. Like, stop yeah. blowing the I mean, that's that's the change. The the you know, no selfies and yeah, a little meaner. It's the same, you know? it's the same yeah. character. It's just he's he's put the phone in in, in, in the back in the <clears> locker room. That's that's all yeah. it is. But yeah, man, again, just just had to that was a little yeah, for sure. Rant there had to put in there. All right, man. Let's move on to our second match. This was the Nashville Street Fight. Uh, <laughs> this match was just under 15 minutes. Yeah, man. Just a lot of a Nashville Street Fight, man. There was all these yeah. instruments. There was a drum set. There was a pianos, a couple guitars, guitars. You name it, man. All the instruments tambourine. that you can find at, at the local, uh, you know rock and roll or uh, country music city hall of fame or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, and then of course, um, and then so, listen, what did the match have its moments of physicality? Uh, okay. I I'll give you that. Um, but again, this just putting solo Sokoa in this, in this scene just does not make sense. It just looks yeah. silly and it was odd. And it's not something that I would book solo Sokoa in this match at all. Um, and then during this match, and this was actually the most weird, I don't know if it was in a good way or a bad way, but this dude, I don't know if you know this guy, Brian, is Hardy some Kid Rock looking shot? Uh, yeah, uh, uh, so no, I ring. don't, but yeah. Yeah, he enters the ring and he hits Solo Sokoa over the back with the guitar and Solo Sokoa completely no-sells it. Uh, it was absolutely, yeah. it was actually funny. He's just slowly turning around he was like what the heck are you doing and the guy just with this angry look on his face and all of a sudden he's like oh in a southern i can't do a good southern accent he's like oh shit well i gotta get the hell out of here he looks pissed <laughs> yeah right um and that's yeah so i guess he's a country music star i guess i mean they were in nashville so that's what came to mind yeah um, i i didn't know where that guy came from or what i've never I think heard they of showed him, him in or... the crowd uh like oh it's like look who's here it's country music yeah star. i guess i think hardy is his name hardy gotcha. um, that's what i put yeah, in here no idea yeah he he, he attacks a solo with the with the chair uh, with the guitar completely no sells it um it was it was actually really funny the, the how slowly the solo's like turning his head he was like you did not just do that right <laughs> and then uh yeah man uh this and then pretty much we didn't really see much of him in this i guess he just he just ran. I, I guess he he shit his pants so fast he left Nashville. I guess that's I pretty much yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then yes, yeah, so Solo Sokoa ends up winning this match. Uh, he hits. Oh, first of all, it was the Samoan spike, and then I believe it's his signature move, the spinning solo onto a piano, um, uh, for the W. Again, this match was under fifteen minutes. Great for Solo Sokoa, I, I guess. Again, I wouldn't have put him in this type of uh, type of situation, but um you know he should be winning matches as he should mm -hmm. elias this makes him look nothing but a complete imbecile um it was just really odd it didn't lead to anything it got nobody excited nothing happened after this match um uh, yeah again just elias just looking like a complete fool and again another example of triple h bringing back a guy 
being booked like absolute trash. Um, yeah. And it's just sad to see because I like Elias. I think Elias, I don't know if you remember this, Brian, but Elias was actually pretty over with the crowd at one point. Yeah, no, I, I do. Walk with Elias. Yep. Like all that stuff. Like, and then did he get a legit injury? Maybe, I and that's what stopped so. it. Yeah. But... I, I think he did get a legit injury. I mean, yeah, and, and that does play a part into it, I guess. But yeah. it's like, they have done nothing to help him get back onto the track. They changed him to Ezekiel, which is bad enough. And like, oh, shoot, that's that's not going anywhere. We effed up on that. Uh, let's bring him back to Elias. Do we have anything Do we have anything long-term for Elias? Uh, no, let's just have him lose a bunch of matches and uh, yeah. Yeah, just send him back to catering. And when he needs to take another L, uh, give him a call. So Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah the whole Ezekiel-Elias thing, I mean, just – you know, it, it did nothing for him, you know, it hurt him, you know, but yeah. so it continues to hurt him more and more and more. It's yeah. like, it's, you know, and people like to use the term buried. Oh, he got buried yesterday. No, he, he's been slowly being, but the, 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 the hole is digging deeper and deeper and deeper. Yeah. Sure. You know, I, it kind of reminds me of, um, so, well, just back to the match, first of all. Yeah. I mean, I, I got really nothing to add. I mean, there was yes. nothing, like I said, I, the I guess the high spot for me was the finish, the bump on the piano. Other than that, not much interest. Yeah, but yeah, just with Elias, like what you know, if he's, it's kind of almost in a um, maybe even like a poor man's Dolph Ziggler at this point. Where <laughs> I mean, because I because I think he's you know he he's got something to him. He can yeah. he can wrestle. He can get guys over. He can make yeah. them look good. He's proven that. And that's and but I, I think that's all they're using him for at this point. Yeah. It just sucks, man. It just sucks. I said yeah. there's really nothing, nothing much else to say because nothing else really happened. So yeah, we're gonna move on, man. So finally, we are now in hour number two. We're going into the third match. This was the good old six man tag match. Uh, <laughs> this was Sami Zayn and the Usos versus the Street Profits and Kevin Owens. Um, I did not time this match. I want to say this match was definitely, I want to say between, I believe close to 15, maybe between 10 to 15 so, minutes. Yeah, I, I got, I, like I timed it Um, yeah, about nine minutes, actually. Oh, nine minutes. Oh, I, I might, I might be, I might have been wow. off a little bit, but okay. yeah. Oh, that's why I first nine, said 10, 10 minutes, because I was thinking maybe it got to 10 minutes, so. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so pretty much this, again, I can't really review this match. It's a six-man tag. There's really nothing to really review, honestly. It's just people trying to get their spots in. Um, pretty much, we know how six-man tag tag matches work, yeah. or multi-tag matches for that matter. In this company, work. There's really nothing much to really discuss in the match. Uh, after the match, um, Drew McIntyre and Sheamus hit the ring and they interfere. Um, I believe Solo Sokoa inter also interfered before this match as well um they start a brawl obviously i believe it ended with a dq is that right brian i'm pretty sure DQ no no because um, the bell never rang i don't uh, think it me, did no yeah uh because i think sammy sammy pinned um uh montez sammy yeah sammy, montez. sammy got okay, the pin I might have yeah missed that i might have yeah. missed that okay so sammy pinned montez ford okay great so the street profits also continue to uh lose matches too okay yeah <laughs> yep. uh, so yeah it was after the okay so after the match i'm sorry my apologies yep. so yeah yeah like, it was after the match they they came in to to beat down, down ko everybody this is why i have brian with me man this is why i have brian because sometimes <laughs> like listen i'll admit when i don't have all the facts that's why brian is here man so um so yes yeah, so, so so yeah so sammy zane and the usos win this match um yeah and yeah, so after the match, Solo Sokoa comes in to uh, 
uh, wailing on the prophets. Yeah, at that point, it was a four-on-one on, yeah, on KO. Yeah, and then, of course, yeah. Drew McIntyre and Sheamus come uh, into the fray. Why are they continuing to be joint at the hip? I don't know. Um, which is make which is so weird, and also you know, and then of course you have the the lazy type of booking where you have a brawl, the bloodline retreats, looking like geeks once again. You know that hostile takeover <laughs> really worked well for them, didn't they? Yeah, not not so um, well. And then yeah, so the 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 bloodline looked like geeks, um, and the Drew McIntyre, Sheamus, and I believe KO was also standing tall with them. Yeah, I'm gonna have you start this, Brian. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I don't have much to say about this either. I mean, it was an okay match, you know, had its had its moments. Um, my biggest takeaway, honestly, Montez Ford, man. I, I'm ready for yeah. and I, I got a few things just from this episode that I think between between the Rumble and Mania, you know, maybe they have or maybe this is just my fantasy booking or what I think should happen, but I think it's time for the street profits to to go their separate ways. Cause I think Montez Ford I yeah. think he can be a star in singles and he's close. Yeah. And so I, that hurts that. Unfortunately that hurts the tag division because they really yeah, don't true. have any other tag teams, I know. which is right. why they're still a team to be honest. Yeah. With you. But I definitely, I agree with you, man. Montez Ford, there's definitely something there. I don't know what yep. he has. I say this about a lot of stars. I don't know what they have, but they have it. It's um, just you it. see it in yeah. Montez Ford. I'm not saying push him to a world title. No, yeah, not not, like, the, oh, not right there just yet. But put him in the world title picture. He deserves it. We like to use that word too. He deserves it. Like yeah, yeah. everybody nowadays just deserves a title. But no, <laughs> I I definitely agree with you. Montez Ford, man, um, definitely has um, definitely has something, and he he definitely has potential to be a really good yeah. singles competitor. Yeah, um, I mean, he, I, I, think, has, I mean, he's got it all. He's got the promo. He's athletic as hell. I, yeah, I think he, he puts on good, good matches, energy, like good yeah. energy to to the crowd. Um, and I thought, um, he really showcased himself. I believe he faced Roman Reigns one time a while back. Um, I want to say I don't know if it was for the title or not, but I remember uh -huh. I think it was on a SmackDown. That to me, um, and I'm sure uh, I, I don't remember exactly what I know what happened. I just don't remember what month it happened. Um, uh -huh. I'll probably I have to do more research on that, of course, too, but. From that moment, I knew I'm like, okay, this dude, this dude can be on his own, and this dude, this dude yeah. can go. Yeah. Um, I can't say that same thing about his tag partner. Um, unfortunately. Um, and listen, yeah, Angelo I'm Dawkins in the same. Is, yeah. Angelo same Dawkins has had his moments, but dude, you can. I think anybody who knows professional wrestling as well as as we do is that Montez Ford is light years just more talented right now for sure. than Angelo Dawkins. And that's no yeah. shade to Angelo Dawkins. We like him. We wish no, yeah, not at all. I mean, I, I think they've been an entertaining and good tag team. Yeah, and but there's yeah, a place I... for Angelo Dawkins. And, and that's what I'm also scared with about Dawkins is like if you do split them up, you know, where does, where go? does Dawkins yeah. go? Is he just lost in the shuffle and he's just going to be in catering 24-7? So that's where my concern Unfortunately, is. Unfortunately, I, I think that, that probably would be the case, at least for a little bit, you know, yeah. Yeah, unless you want to put him with a in a feud with Montez, um, like do a total split that, yeah. that can maybe elevate Angelo Dawkins and maybe fans can yeah. be like, oh snap, I didn't realize like Angelo Dawkins had that, you know. Mm -hmm. Maybe built him in that sort of way. Um, if you do want to split the the street profits, but if you're going to split the street profits, you gotta start doing a better job with this tag division. Um, this tag oh, yeah. division to me outside of the Usos. And let's be honest, the Usos are not even booked that great either. And I'm going to tell you why. Yes, they have their they have this long title reign, which is great. But 
if they're in a non-title tag match or any type of singles match, mm-hmm. uh, like any, like, you know, they you know like how tag team booking is like to book to a title match. They just put everybody in singles competition. Right. Losing those matches. Yeah. Like, go back and watch these men, like all the feuds with the street profits. Um, who else? The, uh, the Viking Raiders or whatever, the Viking experience, <laughs> all the name changes they put the Viking Raiders in. Um, yeah, they're losing. Just like, quick shout out, shout out. I am glad they got Sarah Logan back. I I, I was really I was <laughs> yeah. really high on her. We'll, we'll seriously. Get to, we'll, we'll get to her in future in yeah. future episodes, man. But yeah. Um but yeah, I mean, even the Usos, man, can't even get really proper booking. I understand they're 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 winning. They're winning the tag matches, which is like, oh, that's all that matters. Like, no, but it's it's about them getting to the title match. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's the same thing as no, and I much, you know, it's just I don't know, man. It's just they gotta build this tag match better. Like, you know, people like teams like Hit Row, um, like I said, the Viking Raiders, um yeah. Alpha Academy. We're gonna get to Alpha Academy in the next segment. I, I yeah. got a lot to say about that. <laughs> um in, in how, good, what, what, how long has their title reign been so far? I mean, they're. I want to say it's been. I think they've held it for about. I want to say it's definitely been well over. It's definitely been well over a year. I think it's been about yeah. a year and a half. Okay. Been close to a year and a half, maybe a year and a few months. Um, yeah. Like I said good, great title reign, but again, if you watch how they've been built up to those big title matches like RK Bro, mm-hmm. um, and other tag teams in the past, like. They're being put in multi-tag matches, in singles matches, and for 50-50 booking is concerned, they're winning and they're losing, and they're not yeah. feeling special. No. And that's a I, For problem. as long as a, a title reign that they had, you know, just a, a year and a half, any tag teams, you know, held the belt for that long, you would say, okay, there's, they're a great tag team, you know? Yeah. I, if you were to say, you know, put the name the five, the top five tag teams of all time, maybe even top 10, I... Uh, Usos wouldn't be there for me, you know, even with the long title reign yeah. and, you know, I, I may have a different perspective on that because like I said, I know you, you've seen like tag teams, like the heart foundation and uh, yeah, the, I got a little like bit of a, a bigger bag to pull from, but I would <laughs> yeah. put, even if they're not in there, I would at least put them in the conversation. Um, yeah. I yeah, would they're, put they're them there. In the, if they're not going to be in there, I think they at least deserve to be in the conversation because they are a sure. really good tag team. They really yeah. are. I, um, I guess for me, I, they it hasn't. There's nothing that's you know other than of being affiliated with the bloodline and the yeah the overarching story. Yeah, uh, there's nothing been that's you know that has stood out for me with the yeah. Usos. No, I get it, and and that's the thing with booking with WWE yeah. booking. You know, they're not giving you the fan to look at the Usos as a, as one of the legendary tag teams. And that's yeah. a problem, man. You know what I mean? Like just saying that statement proves my point. Like exactly. If you look in the, yeah. in the past in history, they've been losing non-title matches. They've been losing regular singles matches, like 50, yeah. 50 booking. They'll win one week in a singles match and they'll lose the next week or hell in the same night. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, you know, how many times have we seen like two tag teams, in a feud, they'll put them in a in a singles match, and all of a sudden, there's an impromptu match. He's like, "Hold up, you know the other the other yeah. tag partner says, you know what? No, I want a match with you.'" And then then they get the victory after the his tag team partner loses 50-50 booking, and I, right. I can't stand that. Yeah. All right, man. Let's uh, let's go ahead and move on, man. Uh, this sure. is the fourth match. Um, this was Dexter Loomis and versus Chad Gable. <laughs> oh boy. 
Uh, this so match, what are your thoughts on the Alpha Academy? So you're, I, I like the Alpha Academy a lot. Um, okay. It's just a shame that they're getting booked like absolute jobbers, and that's and this is where I'm and this is where I'm going with this. So this match, Brian, was literally under five minutes. Yeah, I think um, I yep, a four minutes. The yeah. crowd, by the way, was dead <laughs> silent. They didn't even give these guys a chance. Um, yeah. To me personally, um, by the way, Otis, hilarious. The guy, the guy <laughs> at ringside is absolutely fun. I love the fact that they're giving him some sort of a personality back. I mean, how many times have we seen him with the Alpha Academy? And he's just like, just mean mugging. Yeah. The now they're right. starting to kind of see some personality. And that's the thing with, with Otis, man. They, for some reason, man, they pulled the plug on Otis. He was at an all-time high when he won the Money in the Bank briefcase. And I don't know and if it's just did not Mandy see Rose? anything in him. Is that what you're talking back when he was with doing the the work with Mandy yeah, Rose? Yeah, the whole heavy machinery thing when he was a face and all that. Yeah, yeah. His, his original gimmick. Yeah, like heavy machinery, man. I thought that that was a tag team that had tremendous potential. Yeah, it really did. Um, and Otis was obviously the star in all of it, but even um, shoot, I forgot his tag team partner's name. <laughs> I I can't think of it now oh, either. Oh no! Oh Tucker, Tucker, Tucker. Yep, Tucker okay. was his name. Um, God, that would have been bad if I did not. <laughs> Um, even Tucker had a place for it. Um, and they just they they just pulled the plug on it and it was just so yeah. odd. And they they wanted to make Otis into a singles competitor. Um, they pushed him, which was awesome to see. And he was becoming a star. He was in a great feud. I don't know how you felt about this feud, and I don't even know if you remember this. It was the feud he had with Mandy Rose. It was like that love story feud with Mandy Rose and Sonia Deville. I understand, you know, people like they may like they're hit and miss with love stories like that. I thought it was actually done really, really well. It was believable, you know, like, yeah. like Otis trying to get a really hot girl like Mandy Rose and just like, you know, Dolph Ziggler. And I thought Sonia Deville played their part beautifully. Yeah. And like, yeah. Like Otis by the day to me was, was becoming a star. They put the money in the bank uh, briefcase on him and like all right let's let's rock and then for some reason they completely they took the briefcase away from out of him nowhere and he hasn't been the same since then you're right um, yeah, that, yeah that's Otis... i can remember vaguely back to that and yeah that that's the best work that i've seen him do and i think he was you know he i think he was flourishing in it yeah so i, I don't know what happened there or yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's just, I guess Vince just did not see anything in him. That's the only thing I can really think of with that. Right. Uh, but yeah, man, Otis, again, just long story short, L Otis, hilarious. He's doing a lot of shticks at ringside, which is funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, crowd is silent. Absol I wrote absolute crickets because that's what this was. It was, um, yeah. And guys, and yes, this match it ends in under five minutes with the awe-inspiring roll-up counter finish for the win. <laughs> this was pathetic, this was ugly, and this was nothing but lazy booking. This was lazy, and it was filler. Um, I could not stand this. I don't understand Chad Gable. I mean, how – I mean, I feel so bad for this dude, bro. This yeah. dude, to me, ever since he's done this – um, obviously if this was Chad Gable, like a few years ago, I would be, I would be saying differently, but this whole alpha Academy thing, there's something there. Like, I, like, I really like, like Chad Gable is coming into his own with this whole thing, even, and he, and listen, if you want to put him into this comedy shtick, that's fine. I, I'm totally on board with it, but why is this guy, this guy is either doing two things. 
He's either just taking L's or this guy is being fed to build up a, to build up a, another feud. And right. it just pisses me off, dude. I, I, I can't stand it. And, and I, but again, this is supposed to be the triple H era. I'm supposed to believe that, you know, <laughs> change is coming and this is, this is different, James, this is different. You know, this is not Vince McMahon anymore. Well, this is Vince McMahon written all over, dude. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I just can't stand it, dude. I understand Dexter Loomis needs to win matches, but guess what? So does Chad Gable. So here's a great, crazy concept. Don't have them in the same match against one another. Don't do it because sure. neither one of them can afford to lose. Do not put them in a match. I understand if you want to build Dexter Loomis and I like Dexter Loomis. He yeah. reminds me a lot of like um, a character, I believe from like stranger things um, a little bit. I don't watch stranger things. I've seen like clips. I've never seen it. <laughs> um, but like, he kind of reminds me of a character that's similar to Dexter Loomis. And I like it. Gotcha. Um, and I dig it, especially with his work in NXT. Mm-hmm. um uh, for some odd reason the crowd is just not on board with it um but again i don't blame them because this company is not giving a ch- giving dexter loomis a chance for the fans to give a shit about him um yeah and it's just it's pain man and then there's chad gable dude who um and i mentioned this um in his last 50 matches for chad gable he has lost in 90 and this is a fact i mentioned this if you don't believe me go to my instagram and my face I've, I've said it all this He's lost legitimately 90% of his matches. He's 45 and 50 in his le- in losses in his last 50 matches. That's a statistic. That's a fact. Bag. That is freaking sad. Oh, so, so, so five and 45. So his winning percentage is literally 10% or lower. <laughs> that's, dude, that's, that's, I'm, I just feel yeah, bad you can't, for the dude. That's right. pathetic. Yeah. No, I, so for this match, I definitely focused more on Loomis than Gable because I really like Loomis as well. And one thing that stuck out to me, Loomis's offensive moose move set, yeah, very unique. I I'd love it. Yeah, if it's his character, if it's the the shtick, the you know all of it. Um, I guess that, yeah, you know I kind of would agree with you where neither one of them can afford a loss, so don't put them together. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but for for me during this match, I was definitely more focused on Loomis than than Gable or Alpha Academy as a whole. Um. Because, yeah, I, I really hope they go somewhere with Loomis. I, I do like that. And, you know, I hope they do something with him. Yeah, I, I'd sure. like to I'd like to see see his character develop it's a, more. It's and... a shame, too, that the whole Miz storyline, too. And that, at the start, it was actually going really well. Yeah. Actually, the way he was being introduced and, like, him abducting the Miz and the stuff that he was doing beforehand of, like, being like this, what looked like he was just like a fan, like, like creating mm-hmm. like distractions and chaos and in, in arenas and stuff. And I thought it was like, it was like, Oh my God, like, this is like, what's yeah, it was what's really going good. on here. Like, I remember like there were segments backstage where like there was cars being flipped over and there was like chaos going around. There was like a dude like with a hood over his head. who's trying to like interfere in matches. Like, you know, fans are going to be like, Whoa, like, like who is this dude? Like, and they, yeah. And I think it was after the, the, the home invasion scene where the Miz I think was doing an interview and it was pretty much Dexter pretty much invaded his home yeah, (laughs) and was drawing like pictures and stuff. Like obviously he's, his character doesn't talk much at all. Right. And then after that, the, the, the feud went completely off the rails. um, Yeah. I feel kind of the same way. It just never got back on the, on the tracks, man. Yeah. I think by the end of that, yeah. By the end of that feud with a, you know, 
he wins the money and then you know they're playing poker and then he loses the money again it just it just got silly johnny gargano and i'm going to end it with this before we get into the next segment and johnny gargano has been somewhat involved in all this which yeah. is so he's just been thrown in there. They're just thrown in there. And yeah. I understand why, because you know, Loomis doesn't talk and he's the he's some sort of a mouthpiece. Again, it's just like, why not just have here's a crazy concept. Have Johnny Gargano be Johnny Wrestling for yeah. the next day. Plain and simple. <laughs> you know? But again, you know, give it time, James. Just give it time. Johnny Gargano, his time's coming, dude. His time's coming. Yeah, okay. We'll do. Yep. <laughs> All right. Moving on, man. Uh, next segment was damage control. They hit the ring um, mm-hmm. in a little promo in the in the center of the ring, man. Uh, Paley's funny, man, calling Nashville Trashville. <laughs> um, you know, um, and then she addressed um, that she has a big Irish elephant in the room, and that is Becky Lynch. Um, Becky Lynch talking about her, um, and pretty much, you know, also claiming that she has beaten everybody in this division as well. Um, Becky Lynch will, her music hits, she interrupts. Um, and I wrote this quote down from her, her promo. She says only a matter of time before someone turns on someone else. Mm -hmm. I found that pretty interesting. So I'm, I don't know if this is hinting maybe because I think I see where kind of what they're trying to do with maybe some, maybe a damage control type of turn is that word maybe i mean because here's the thing man didn't this team just form like not even it hasn't even been a full year like four yeah well four four six months maybe somewhere in there like that and listen i um and look damage control to me this is what i thought about damage control um to me their best moments was first off, obviously, when they debuted at Mania. That mm-hmm. whole moment was was pretty cool, obviously. And yeah. then it was riding Becky Lynch off television, beating her up backstage. Yeah. Ever since then, they have looked like absolute buffoons. Um, they're honestly, kind of mediocre, their, middle of the their road. Their whole gimmick, their, the reason why they formed is to create like damage control, like creating damage and chaos. To me, their their gimmick should be nothing but creating chaos backstage, you know, almost like a, not an invasion, but just like showing their strengths as a faction. Yeah, and, and they're doing just like any other faction would. They retreat when they're when even when numbers are in their favor, they'll retreat. Mm-hmm. I remember when Becky Lynch or someone would just enter the ring; all three women would just run to the back, and I'm like, right. I'm like, ladies, the, the, the numbers are in your favor. What, what, why, why are you running from one woman? It's just, I, I just yeah. don't under, I just, it makes, they, to me, this company has done everything to ruin these women. Um, and it's just, especially Dakota Kai and EO Sky for people who are not familiar with them. Obviously, we know Bailey. Uh, we know how talented she is. And I yeah. actually like her work so much as a heel um she I does do too. a tremendous she does a tremendous job man um, yeah she definitely brings that kind of like like a like an annoying type of like her voice definitely sounds like annoying like bringing like you know, fans to yeah. her hater you know i like right i like the that, whole ding know? dong the ding dong thing like yeah the annoying like ding dong hello uh, yeah like yeah i just i like that stuff man i yeah. like it and i dig it I, i've been digging it for two plus even during the thunderdome era she absolutely cared that carried that era 
of wrestling on her back. Um, yeah. She was a double champ along with Sasha Banks. And of course, um, but man, ever since she's come back, I mean, it's just like, she's just another member on the roster. I, yeah. I mean, this is Bailey and she feels, I'm not going to say irrelevant because I mean, she's not irrelevant, but she is a little bit of an afterthought. I mean, when you think of, you know, other people like not, and I'm talking both men and the, and the women, you know, you know, are you really like the way she's being booked, like in these segments, are you really wanting to go see Bailey right now? at a live yeah, event right. or a pay-per-view. The answer this is, is no. one of the There's four nothing horse exciting women, you know? about Becky about Bailey right now that's right. gonna be like, I need to go see Bailey because she's facing Becky Lynch or she's gonna be in this cool story with Becky Lynch. You're not saying that. Yeah. So. Yeah, this is you know, this match yeah, I don't know, might have the most overall of, of my comments throughout the night. Well first of all, uh Oh man, uh, is it Mission M- Mitchin? Did, uh, Mitchin. 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 When yeah. when did this name change happen? Was that just this it's week? Literally, even, I don't even think. See, here's the thing. What here's here's what WWE does, right? They'll say it's not a name change because they like because they still call her Mia Yim, I guess, like Mitchin, Mia, like Mitchin, Mia Yim, or some or some shit like that. Man, I don't know. Um, yeah, and that's the thing too. How many times it you know who you know uh. Vince McMahon, you know how you know he loves his name changes, <laughs> right? But yet again, I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to think this is a different, a different era. This is a, this is changes coming, you know. But yet, you know, fans are still, you know, they're getting name changes. Yeah. It's the same stuff that we see from Vince. But yeah, but yeah, Mia Yim, and yeah, and that's and that's where we get to, man. So that pretty much this segment leads to a two-on-one handicap match. Becky Lynn's like, I can take on two of you dopes by myself. I don't need a tag Which, partner. again, to your point with the booking, like, okay, I get it. This is ben- Becky Lynch, but this is also your world tag team champs. And so yeah. you're going to have Becky Lynch go in there and fight the champs in a handicap. Like, And granted, you know, yeah. I'm still going to call her Mia Yim. So yeah, Mia Yim runs Mia in, Yim, but... Asian, whatever the heck people want to call her, man, I still call yeah. her Mia Yim. That's what people are still familiar with, so I'm going to call her Mia Yim. Yeah. So, yeah, so um, uh, for for those of you who haven't watched the show and, and we're bringing up Mia Yim, she's like, wait, Mia Yim? Like, why are we bringing up Mia Yim? Like, what? who is she? Well, I'm about to tell you that. Um, so this ended up being a two-on-one handicap match. Um, again, I think this match ended a little bit over i think it was a little bit over the 10 minute mark yeah um, about 10 I minutes yeah a little over so mia yim enters this match um she rushes to the ring to be uh becky lynch's tag partner um and mia yim i think she ended up doing a suicide dive and she really botched it hard from what i noticed i think she kind of hit the ropes and i think she stopped herself short i think her feet got caught and yeah, it just it looked really. Bad. Is this uh? I think uh, what was it to Sky when she brought her back in the ring? Yeah, when she brought yeah, it was you know like the the suicide dive they do when they. Oh dive no! Okay, yeah, yeah, ropes. I'm thinking of something else. Yeah, 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 yeah I'm yeah. thinking of something um, else. Yeah, this was like I think this was like a few like a minute or two as soon as she joined into the match. Um, gotcha. Um, and Mia Yim, as much as I like Mia Yim, and she's known to botch in the in these types of matches before, so I can't say I'm that surprised. I like Mia Yim, but. Um, but again, it's just, you know, it's it just, we move on. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so that... yeah, so again, uh, so, um, so Becky, so unfortunately, so Becky attacks Bailey, uh, from the outside, I guess Bailey was interfering Yeah. and Becky ended up going into attack Bailey. This caused 
uh, Mia Yim to be on an island by herself. Uh, Damage Control wins this match as they should. They're tag champions. Yeah. Um, via her moonsault. By the way, I love Io Sky's moonsault. She has, but yeah, people want to play that. Charlotte Flair has the best moonsault. Like, get the f out of here, bro. Like, if, <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, like, I understand. Like, listen, Charlotte Flair's athletic. I don't want to make this a Charlotte Flair thing. I'm sorry, but I have to. <laughs> Charlotte, I, Charlotte Flair is a great athlete, dude. But you can't tell me that. I mean, Io Sky's moonsault is light years better than. To Charlotte. Yeah, agreed. Anyway, going back into the segment. So, yeah, um, Damage Control wins this match, just a little over 10 minutes. And, yeah, Mia Yim is uh, flat on her back looking up at the lights, man. So, I mean, listen, great yeah. for Damage Control, right? They're tag champions. They just want a match. Awesome. Uh, I don't know what this – I guess, you know, I guess you could say this leads to a potential split within the Damage Control. So, uh, again – this is to me an example. Whenever I think of a faction, right, that's been been together for not that long, for not even maybe six months, and they're already hinting maybe like a turn, especially yeah. both Ia, Io and Dakota Kai on Bailey. To me, that shows me that they have nothing else for this faction. So you know what? Let's let's just come up with the turn early. Let's drop some little Easter eggs. And let's just, you know, have Bailey just go on her own because we have nothing else for this this faction. We completely botched it. We effed up. That's pretty much what they're telling me if they're yeah. going that route. Um, so, yeah, look, great for damage control. Um, they should be winning matches. You know, there's also times where they've lost matches as a team and I can't I can't stand it. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, but again, Mia, Mia Yim loses this match. What does this do for her, man? It does yeah. absolutely Nothing. She's joint at the hip with the OC. I know we all like the OC, but now that AJ Styles is hurt, uh, if, if, that, if you guys don't know, yeah. uh, AJ Styles did suffer in, I believe it was an ankle injury yep. um, at a live event. Um, I'm not sure where. I believe, uh, I mean, yeah, I'm not sure where. I was going to say MSG. Yeah, I don't recall where it was, but. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, I believe it was this past weekend over uh, on a live event. So he will be out for a while. So uh, what do you want to do with Mia Yim, Triple H? Oh, yeah, let's have her go out there uh, as a surprise tag partner for Becky Lynch and uh, have to take the pin. Uh, anything yeah. else? Nope, that's it. Just send her back to catering when she's done. Okay, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, man. So your, your thoughts, Brian, on this. So, yeah, regarding that match, um, so to your point, I, I think by – so here are my, my three big things, and it goes into the OC and Mia Yim as well. But I think, I think damage control – either by or at mania or done as a, as a faction Yeah. with the injury to AJ. And now, you know, Mia Yim comes in to help Becky. I don't know what you're going to do with gallows and Anderson, but I, I kind of think the OC has, it's lost all momentum. I don't think you bring them back when AJ or maybe you do, but I don't think it, I don't think it works mm -hmm. uh, if you try to bring them back when he comes back. So I don't know where they go, but I think they're, they're done as a faction by mania. And then also the street profits as, as we mentioned earlier, but uh, yeah, going back to this match again, um, you know, damage control should have won the match. I thought it, it was kind of silly to have Becky work. Lynch start off in a handicap it's, match. It's Mia Yim is just kind of a, a throw in as a, here's a tag partner, a random tag partner, you know, it's one thing if they had something for Mia Yim long-term, Clearly they don't. 
Um, they just no. have her take this pinfall. It leads nothing. Or or just because, you know, the thing with AJ is so fresh. And like I said, I, I don't think the OC, I, I think that's kind of done right now. So yeah. maybe this is the beginning of me. Yeah, I'm starting to branch off into something that's, else. That's a great hopefully. start. Let's have her lose. Yeah, yeah, let's have her lose. Oh, she's a singles competitor. Yeah, let's have her. <laughs> let's just have her be. Let's have her be the surprise entrant, the surprise tag partner. Um, is she going to and take the pin and then take the pinfall? Yeah, you know, because yeah. I mean, yeah. And here's the thing: it's just like I, I also hate the and and we're going to move on. Uh, we want to try to keep the ball rolling here, but um, I hate when fans try to claim there that oh, just because a superstar in a tag match didn't create a pinfall that it's okay. It's like that, that, they, that they didn't take the pin. It's like, oh, Becky, it's like, oh, it's like, it also does damage to Becky. Like, she technically lost this match. I understand right. she didn't get pinned. You want to protect her. To me, bro, they, they lost the match. You still yeah. lost the match, man. That does nothing for Becky Lynch either. Nope. Um, you know what I'm saying? If you want to, be, you know, it's just, it's just frustrating, man. Um, it's just this booking. It's just lazy. It's redundant. And it's getting nobody... I mean, may, I mean, you want to bring up the the whole turn with damage control, maybe get you excited. Okay. Yeah. But other than that, man, um, there's nothing that makes you need to see anything. Okay. Maybe you would like to see it as your personal prerogative, but do you need to see Although, this? I will say with this match, uh, again, throughout, throughout the match, I, I feel like, or, or throughout the show, I'm sorry. I feel like there were a bunch of botches in, in multiple matches. I do yeah. think just the, and, and I'm sure there probably, I'd have to go back and rewatch it. I'm sure there were some in this match, but I think overall, maybe other than the theory, Rollins match was the most entertaining match of the night for me. Yeah. No, no doubt. And we'll definitely get into the theory Rollins match. Uh, that was your main event. Uh, for right. The show. Um, so let's get let's move on to it, man. Uh, so the next segment was uh, Seth Rollins in a backstage interview. I guess you you can see a trend here with these mm-hmm. title matches, uh, putting people into do a ninety second interview. Which again, I don't necessarily mind. I feel like you can come up with better ways to to tell stories than to just hype up a title match, especially with theory and rollins which is a match we've seen about a thousand times now in the past, <laughs> already like, five yeah. months, like not even five like i want to say two months now yeah um, but anyway he he does this stuff he's like as long as i'm breathing monday nights belong to me i think that was like a 60 to 90 second promo also we saw i believe it this was before dakota kai and damage control came out i don't know if you noticed this brian uh and, and i saw this on twitter there was mvp uh Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin with Adam Pierce in a little bit of a discussion. A lot of people are saying that this is a hint towards the hurt business. Maybe uh, uh, I totally missed that. Yeah, yeah. Because if I you notice, that. we have not seen Bobby Lashley uh, pretty much since he's been fired. Uh, right, right. He was fired, and then like, oh, never mind. You're 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 rehired. <laughs> it was my fault. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm Adam, right. I'm Adam Pierce and I have no balls and all that. <laughs> um, you know, so I, I guess you could say that that's where um, that's where they're maybe leading to with that. Um, here's the thing. And again, I don't want to waste too much time on this, but to me, if the hurt, you know, people I know I, I will be excited about the hurt business reuniting. And I like I like the hurt business. A lot. I did too. They yeah. So much potential. Again, this is another example of this company 
just completely pulling the plug on a faction that had that's so working. much potential. It's, it's that was working. working. And I don't know. It's just like, okay, they reunite. It's just, okay, this company doesn't deserve my benefit of the doubt that they're going to get it right. If they didn't get it right and they pulled the plug on it the first time, what makes me think that they're going to do it right now? Yeah. Um, and listen, would it be cool to see? Yeah. Um, but I, I need to see, I they need to prove to me that they are actually going to be the hurt business and they're going to be booked like the hurt, the hurt business. Yeah, for sure. All right, man, let's, uh, let's move on here, man. Then we go into a backstage, uh, somewhat of an interview, but Byron Saxon, he's trying to get some words from Alexa bliss. She's Alexa bliss is pacing back and forth. Um, and you know, Byron Saxon is backstage, uh, but I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut this for, but why did they take Byron Saxon off commentary? And now we have Kevin Patrick on commentary. Get Kevin Patrick. Listen to me, everybody. If anybody <laughs> listening to this, get Kevin Patrick off commentary. Off. I'm not saying fire the dude. If you want right. to give him a raise, give him a freaking raise, man. But get this dude off commentary. He is so bad. Again, this is no shade to him. I think he he does. Some people just aren't the right the fit back, for as it. As the backstage interviewer, to be yeah. honest with you, I don't think he's great, but I think he's better in that light than commentating a Monday Night Raw. I mean, yeah. it's just so it's so bad. Um, get him <laughs> off, please. I mean, he's almost worse than Jimmy Smith. That's almost that's one thing. Um, but yeah, <laughs> but because Byron, the reason why I say Byron Saxon is because him and Corey Graves, man, and I think we talked about this before, Brian. They had such good, good chemistry. chemistry. I like yeah. when commentators have good chemistry and the show is fun. It's in the, like the narrating. Like when yeah. you need to tell a good show, you need to have good narrators, right? Yep. By, uh, Byron Saxon and Corey Graves were that duo, right? You had Michael Cole and JBL. You know what I'm saying? You had The King and, and Jim JR. Ross. Yep. You know what I'm saying, man? You I'm, mean, I'm like, even going back and to. And now we've gone to Kevin Patrick. Like Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan, man. Bobby oh. Heenan, yeah, exactly, man. I mean, you know that, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Again, just let's move on, man. I just had to bring that up. Just a little, just a little sure. side rant. Just a little <laughs> side rant. But yeah, man. Uh, she finally, ca- uh, Byron Saxon gets to Alexa Bliss, you know, asking, you know, what happened out there? Like, you seem like you lost control. And Alexa Bliss says, uh, "Lost control? No, I gained control. I gained control." Again, absolutely. I know this was only for like 60 seconds, but I like when you had the match, which mm-hmm. if it was needed or not is a different story. But yeah, you did the whole thing after the match with the Uncle Howdy stuff. And then you you continue that story throughout the show. I like that a lot. Um, yep. And the fact that this was only 60 seconds. um, Yeah, it was really it was done extremely well. Her Alexa's mannerisms were just on point. Um, I can't say enough good things about Alexa Bliss right now, and uh, just another uh, another good segment from her. Yeah, agreed. You know, like I, I like her work too, and just another quick little segment that just is just adding, building, putting layers on the story, and which is is which I think you need to do. So absolutely, man, absolutely. All right, but before we get into the main event, man, uh, we go into a segment. It was like I guess, yeah, it was like a vignette type of promo this was dominic uh <laughs> had about a 60 to 90 second promo 
talking about uh, hard his time, life, man. His, his hard, hard time. time in prisons. He <laughs> says, "I've served hard times and I have survived." He's like, a, "He's like, you know, prison changes a man." <laughs> and he's like, "I'm just getting started." So I guess we're kind of seeing a more edgy, more tough type of Dominic, I guess. Um, well, see, I, my my take on it was, it while. Uh, I don't know how to put it in words. While they're they're trying to do that, I think and it's also being done intentionally by Dominic, and I think it's kind of the point of the story. Yeah, is you know, so so Dominic, you know, obviously this is in reference to him, you know, ruining Christmas and Thanksgiving at the Mysterios, mm-hmm. um, which was awesome, by the way. Can I say that something about that real quick? Yeah. Why are these 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 videos that are on social media? These are segments, by the way, that should be on your show. Like oh, I true. get it, like you played, like you you played the recap of the video on your show, but that's a segment you should be saving for your show, not to yeah. put on social media. Because I was like, dude, this is really this is done so well. Why is this on Twitter? Right. <laughs> Why is this on their social media? But yeah, I just thought I'd throw that out there. Yeah. So uh, agreed. Um, but yeah, I think with the, and especially with Domino or Domino Dominic saying you know, prison, like, bro, you, you went to jail for a night or two. Right. And, you know, so, <laughs> That's why I kind of laughed at this. Yeah. Thing, like I served hard times for uh, 24 hours. Yeah. 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 yeah right. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, and I think that plays into his, his old, you know, the fact that, you know, Rhea Ripley is kind of the dominant figure in that relationship. And yeah. now, now it's going to where Dominic is going to be trying to, to prove his toughness, his manhood, his, you know, yeah. whatever, Pretty which much, yeah. a logical extension. I see it. You know, it I get been, it. It would have been one thing if like, maybe they, they written off Dominic off TV for a few weeks, you know, pretending that he's serving hard time in prison, you know, and then you have him come back. Maybe you have him as a surprise return with like, uh, I don't know if you noticed, he's got like a tear tattoo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, like on his cheek or whatever. Like you have him like look more like a little bit more edgier with like the tattoos, I guess, or whatever you want to do. Like, and you have him return as this more tougher version. And yeah, like you said, like already after a week and he's like talking about serving hard times. It's like, dude, okay. Yeah. And and I think that's just a, a way to, to, to a more to get heat from the fans, you know, because obviously like bro you didn't do hard time and you're you're kind of you're kind of like like the whiny little weasel of the faction you know so yeah i get it i actually like i actually been liking his 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 uh his role with the judgment day uh yeah it's it it, um i'm pleasantly surprised yeah at first at first he was still he was still trying to get comfortable yeah yeah you could tell within his words and in his promos he was still trying to get comfortable and I even said this on my Instagram. And I said this on Facebook. I'm like, dude, Dominic, he just, he doesn't have it. Um, but now there's, he's start, I think he's slowly starting to get it slowly. Yeah, I can sure. see that. And, and yep. I, and I do give props to Dominic there. He still has, he has, still has a lot of work to do. Um, again, we know how great of an in-ring competitor he is. We've, he's proven that against Seth Rollins and other people that he's faced, but, um, but yeah, man, he, um, you know, he's, he's getting there, you know, he's yeah. getting there. And I think him with the judgment day, and this type of uh, this type of you know how they how this goes along how this segment or how this feud or this situation goes along remains to be seen. But right. Um, but yeah, man. So 
All right, let's get into this main event, man. This is the final segment, final match of Monday Night Raw. This was the main event. This was Austin Theory versus Seth Rollins for the United States title. Uh, this match was just under 25 minutes. So they gave this, they gave these these guys some time. Yeah. Um, listen, before I say anything else, um good match. Yes, yep. um, obviously very good match. Here is my problem. And I and I said this early on. How many times do we need to see Austin Theory versus Seth Rollins? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. we've, seen the, we've seen them in a triple threat. We've seen them in tag matches. We've seen them in everything. What else do I need to see from Austin Theory and Seth Rollins that I haven't already seen? Again, yeah. was it a good match? Yes, but... They're always going to put on a good match. I mean, they're two. They're, yeah, I, mean, I listen, think they're two Austin incredible theory. performers. Listen, I, mean, so. I know people like to like to shit on Austin Theory, but like the dude can go in the ring. Yeah, we already know about Seth Rollins. There's nothing to discuss about Seth Rollins. We know how talented he is. It's yep. just that we've seen it so many times. You know, we respect their in-ring work. We respect the match. Um, it's just how many times do we need to see the same match over and over and over again? It's like watching a television show, like whatever your favorite television show is, like a series, like a TV series. Imagine watching that, the same episode over and over and over again. Like, okay, this is just getting stale. This is just getting redundant. So I just, I have to bring that up, man. And so, uh, Unfortunately, I think I think that feud's going to the Rumble. I, I think hopefully the blow off will be at the Rumble, and okay. you know whoever has a title. So but see, so we're gonna see it again. Okay, I great. think so. I mean, I I would imagine <laughs> how how many weeks we got before the Rumble? Was I three think weeks? We got about three weeks. Yeah, three weeks. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that is going to be. Uh, and yes, we will be reviewing the Royal Rumble, man. That'll be our first pay per view on this podcast that we review. That is going to be. Uh, it's also going to be a little bit of a twist. I'll I'll explain more. Uh, well, I'm looking we forward to that to then it. too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, man. Um, so yeah, going into this match, um, you know, theory. Um, I think the referee ends up getting knocked out. Actually, yeah. Um, another referee comes into the match. Um, there was a there was a part of the match where I think the referee was about the second referee was about to get knocked out for the same movement. I think theory was going to push. Uh, Seth Rollins into the referee. He stops himself. He holds into it. And when the, while the referee wasn't looking, low blows uh, Seth Rollins and then yep. hits him with the eight town down and wins the match. And we go off the air. And yeah. Right. Um, also, um, Seth Rollins, from what I've also heard, has developed. I don't know if you've heard this yet or, or not, Brian, but uh, he has developed some sort of a knee injury after this match. Um, it was so I was wondering if that was know. legit or not, or yeah, if it was just was part of the, the same thing. match. Uh, it yeah. looks like to me, it's it is an injury. Um, uh, um, makes, I haven't, could, I haven't, I don't know anything else, and I'll do research and see. Obviously, look on social media to see if there's anything. Yeah, any the, the first. The first sign I saw that he he attempted a power bomb there, and you can, and you know sometimes you can see like a work, you know, oh my knee, my knee, and versus a yeah. legit one. I mean, it, it looked legit. Like that's he he lifted him up legit. and it buckled, yeah. and and that's you know and it so sucks yeah. too because we know Seth Rollins and his 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 history with with knee injuries, man. Yeah, uh, we saw it during like the peak of his career as one of the top heels in the company years ago. Um, and he was out for a pretty long period of time. So to see this yeah. kind of knee injury is definitely very concerning, man. Um, but uh, outside of that, um, 
yeah, this we Austin Theory wins this match. Good for him. You know, he yeah. has this reboot, <laughs> even though again <laughs> it's the same guys, it's the same character. But okay. Um Seth Rollins. Um, you know, people if people follow me on, on like I said on Instagram and they they they're on Facebook and all that stuff, you guys know how I feel about Seth Rollins' current character right now and how I just it's not it's just very confusing because super he's supposed to be a baby face and he does all these heel tactics he has the laugh um he has all these heel type of tactics but yet he's technically supposed to be a baby face i don't see it so that's what confuses me and i'm sure it confuses a lot of casual fans so there's that but anyway again back going back to the match again it's just theory wins this match we've seen this yeah, match it's just redundant times. yeah and we I mean, just go I, off, and we just go off the air. Yeah, and that's your show. This was, I said it from the, I said it from the, the start of this review. The same, a new year, same WWE. That you know, was to me what this show was, Brian. I'm going to let you have the floor for a second. So you know, as far as like the beginning and ending of shows, you know, back in the Attitude Era, and you know, I'm I'm going to have to reference that but both wcw and, and wwe at the time a lot of times it would they would you know start the show come in hot with something happening you know a, yeah. a backstage brawl or, or whatever and they would end the show the same way you know with, with yeah. some you know the main event something's something's going down and kind of you know end the show that way i like i what i like it, to use brian is cliffhangers to end shows. yeah like there so, is absolutely, and we see this all the time. And I'm about to go on to a rant for a second here. How many times have we seen a great match, right? A great pay-per-view match in the middle of a Monday Night Raw, and the show just goes off the air. Kevin Patrick's just like, all right, well, good night, everybody. This was Monday Night Raw or whatever the yeah, says. It's right. just like, okay, what, what, what's getting me excited to watch next week? Mm -hmm. Like you just so, you put on this great match. Right. And, and but yet what's the what's the the build or the need to watch next week? There's none. There's right. absolutely none. I can't stand like what happened to cliffhangers in professional wrestling. Like so and, and I, f I feel like this could even set up this this Friday night smackdown. So you, so just just taking this show as an example. Right. You open the show. Bloodlines coming in hot. Right. They're yeah. they're smashing shit. Whatever. Mm -hmm. So. And I get, you know, I, I, I guess you have to have Rollins in theory as the main event. So I, I understand that, I guess. But the six man tag, right? You go back to that, and then and you have McIntyre and and Sheamus run in. Yeah. So maybe it. Uh, I'll back up here. Maybe it doesn't fit in this show necessarily. But if you're going to have them do that, and McIntyre and Sheamus run in, then why not have that be closing the show? The six man tag, right? You got you got six stars in there. Yeah, it's, I, you know, I, I, so, I, and and maybe not an end with it with it not you know they one thing WCW used to do and did it so well, right? Is that and I guess it could piss fans off as well because it it sure did me a, a few times, but especially when Sting was cut when when he was the Crow character and kind of starting that, yeah. So the yeah. very end of the show, right? NWO's in there just knocking people out. 
thing comes down from the rafters, starts hitting a few people, and it kind of like fades off the air. But it yeah. but it builds that suspense to to make you want to tune in next week. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And that and that's what it's about. It's about yeah. the suspense and it's about the story. You know, it's like it's not the fact that you want to see it, right? It's like I need right. to see what happens. What next. happened? We see that yeah. about every television show we watch when like a like a bomb is dropped at the end of the show, like something like a um like i said a cliffhanger or a plot twist happens at the end yeah. of the show and it's like oh my god i need to see the next episode now you're not getting this from monday night raw yeah not at, at all. all at yeah. all and like and, and going back to what you said about drew and and sheamus um i don't know no, i was just saying i don't necessarily like that no, whole no, story I, but if you're going that route you yeah. know no i know that no that part i get it's it's the pairing between the two I don't understand why Sheamus and McIntyre need to be joined at the hip to one another. Here's yeah. why. Drew McIntyre is a guy, right? You go back to when he won the Royal Rumble in 2019, before the whole pandemic happened, right? Mm-hmm. This guy was over. Yeah. He was over. Like gagbusters, He doesn't man. need a guy like Sheamus to put to, to, to get over with the crowd. He's proven that he can do that on his own and he could yeah. push himself towards a world title. Why is he just joint at the hip with Sheamus? How many times do I need to see Sheamus and Drew McIntyre in the same segment? Oh, I know why. Because they don't know what they're doing. So let's yeah. just put because they have a similar problem with the bloodline. Okay. Right. Like, you know, how it's it's just to me, it's lazy, man. It's just yeah. it's lazy when you have two people that you have no idea what to do with. So let's throw them and I, and there's actually people in AEW. I know like, like I know you're a fan of AEW and all that stuff, but you see that in AEW when we talk about oh, AEW yeah. um later in the week, um we'll, we'll get to it, but it's just like I don't understand how we have to take superstar A and superstar B joint at the hip to one another in every it's just like these people yeah. need to be on their own and you sure. need to have something for them and it doesn't need to be for a title we always talk about oh the Sheamus needs to be a grand slam champion or the title needs to go back on to drew mcintyre like all this bs it's just like just put them in a storyline that i that i want that i can get invested with you know what i mean yeah. it's just like everything is just about a title everything <laughs> you know right. it's just like bray Wyatt and la Knight. there's no title involved and it's and the best story. Into, and we're going to get into LA Knight um, and Bray yeah, Wyatt yeah, for a sure. lot, especially for SmackDown this weekend. Yeah. I'm excited to, to, I'm uh, too. to, to go into further into that. I'm skeptical about the 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 uh, the Black uh, Pit or um, whatever the match is called. Black Pit match or something? Uh, or Dark Pit or whatever? I don't know what the match is, is called. Is that between Wyatt and Knight? It's between I, I, Wyatt I, and Knight. It's like a type of gimmicky oh. type of match, which I'm kind of... Eh, Gotcha. About being Wyatt's okay. first televised match back. Yeah, I forgot right. The name of the, I forgot the name of the or lights out match. I believe it's called lights out because it's pitch or pitch black, pitch black match. That's what it's called. Okay. Um, yeah, and it's just but the whole but outside of that, it's just the feud between L.A. Knight and Bray Wyatt. There's no title involved. You know what I'm yep. saying? L.A. Knight, even if he's going to lose this match, which he's probably going to, it's not going to harm him at all. It's no, going to it's going to elevate him. Opposite. It's yeah. going to elevate him. Yeah. Um, and, and that's just what, you know, 
And that's what Drew McIntyre and Sheamus need to be involved in. They need to be in these similar type of feuds. I'm not saying a bunch of supernatural stuff. They don't need, doesn't have to be that, even though supernatural stuff is needed. Um, we see, I, I mentioned earlier about Papa Shango and Undertaker, Boogeyman, even though he was like in a lot of comedy stuff. <laughs> but um, yeah. yeah, it's just like, it's just, I, I hate seeing individual competitors just joint at just the hip throw not together for anything yeah for them. But, yep and yeah i think that's all it is right now is just it, it, you know I, I think in both brands in smackdown and in raw and you saw it even with the opening of the show right now it seems like they're just trying to throw together combinations of it's filler Four superstars to go against the bloodline. It's, fi- you know? it's filler. It's nothing but yeah. filler. It's like I have nothing for this superstar. I'm just going to throw this person in this segment, and just it's not yeah. going to. And, and he's not leading to anything. It's not right. giving me a reason to get excited about. It. It's it's lazy. It's lazy booking. It is. Um, yeah. And that's that's just my problem, man. You know, it's just you know we're in this new year, and I'm going to close it out with this, man. I appreciate everybody uh, who's been who has tuned in. Um, you know, I appreciate all of you guys, um, you know, me and Brian. Uh, we Absolutely. appreciate you being a part of this community, man. We appreciate you tuning in to the first episode, one of many um, episodes to come. But, um, but yeah, I'm going to end it with this, man. You know, we want to continue to give this company mulligans. You know, we want to continue to 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 give the this company excuses you know especially when it comes to ratings and we're going to bring up monday night raw ratings later in the week best you believe and you know depending on how the ratings come up and if they're not good well you know why because we just broke this this show down segment by segment giving facts and giving truth and you know giving us our honest takes and it shows you that this show statistically it's not doing anything for anybody. Yeah. And and that's that that's just a huge problem, man. And we we as a wrestling community need to stop giving this company mulligans because they don't deserve them, in my opinion. Well, actually, not even my opinion. That's they shouldn't be giving opinions at all, like just you know, in general. Um yeah. but um it's not just my opinion, that's a fact because they have produced nothing but mid to below average shows um yeah. I guess, yes are there some good in this stuff like alexa bliss and bianca and you know other spring yes i'll give you that but mm-hmm. from top to bottom from start to finish the show as a whole it's lacking big. it's lacking absolutely yeah. i i think the only thing right now there's the saving grace for either smackdown or more particularly raw because I, I do think right now smackdown's a better show oh absolutely and i've but, said that too many it's smackdown is light years ahead of raw absolutely yeah but the other beyond the bloodline story and Sami Zayn and ko and la Knight and wyatt and what's happening with uncle howdy and who how all that plays out there's not a whole lot that i'm really invested to yeah in 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 either you know mm-hmm. so yeah that, that's kind of the the state of wrestling right now and it's a shame, man. It's a shame. And that's why we're here, man. We're here to to help make this company better. And I understand there's people that are going to be upset with us and they're not going to like what, you know, they're not going to like what we say. 
Sorry, man. Yeah. That's just is what it is. You know, we, I, I I've spent we, a lifetime with people not liking what I say, so <laughs> I'm used to it. <laughs> same, same, bro. Same here, man. Um, because like I said, man, you can have your favorite superstar, you can have your favorite segment, man. But at the end of the day, your favorites, what you personally like, is not helping the business. I can yeah. sit here and talk about how much I love Bray Wyatt, which I do, how much I love Sasha Banks, which I do. It does not mean shit yeah it doesn't um and if we cannot hold this company accountable and that it's not just wwe it's also aew and we're going to get into some AEW. sure yeah we'll get into for that episodes uh, to come um, yeah you know i i just you know as a community man we need to be honest with ourselves and you see segment by segment as we break this down you know you think on paper right two title matches in a show. Oh, that, that, that's a really good show. Looks this good. is going to be a great yeah. show. It's going to be a banger. <laughs> right. <laughs> but when you dissect this, you know, piece by piece, it's an entirely, it's an entirely yeah, different, and, different an average story. show. It's yeah. Average at best. Absolutely, man. All right, man. That is going to conclude the first episode of ruthless talk. This was Monday night raw, January 2nd, 2023, man. That is going to be it, man. Guys, I appreciate everybody tuning in, man. This was, um, this has been um, just awesome, man. I am, like I said earlier, um, from the start of the start of the show, man. I'm, I'm very blessed and I'm very honored to, given just given the opportunity to just have this platform, um, and Same. To, but and to use it in good health um, is just is is awesome um brian uh it's so awesome to have you on man just this is the first episode of many man um and we're gonna have a lot more fun stuff um our next episode don't miss it guys this is gonna be um either tuesday or friday um probably mainly gonna be third or i'm sorry thursday thursday uh we will cover AEW dynamite um yeah we will talk ratings we will have a, a cold open all that stuff similar to to today's episode man um also stay tuned uh we are in the works of getting some professional wrestlers in here for some interviews so stay tuned with that'll that. be pretty awesome yeah that absolutely. would be awesome man we are we are in there some people that uh, at least personally for me i've been keeping in touch with and they are they are on board so we're you know continuing to uh keep co uh, communication in full so we'll see how that how that plays out man but yeah man i uh I appreciate everybody uh, to everyone watching who uh, is part of the Facebook page, uh, who is a part of the Instagram or Instagram content or Instagram page. Um, all the followers who follow the page, man, um, I can't thank you guys enough. Um, and this is just the beginning, man. Um, I know a lot of podcasts, especially in regards to professional wrestling, they come and go, man. But, um, but I want to make this something not just for the next year or two, but you know, for a lifetime. Yeah, long you know? term. And uh that's exactly long term, man. So um I appreciate everybody. Um, you know, I, like I said, I want to use this platform with good health and for good reasoning, man. And uh yeah, man. Uh Brian, the floor is yours, man, before we go off. I'll just say, you know, second what you said again. Well, thank you to you for, you know, for uh again, you know, kind of starting this and putting this together. Uh, our viewers out there, anybody who's going to view view this, thank you so much for tuning in and and being patient as we, you know, grow and yes. learn. Again, this is our first one, so yeah. 
shit neither one of us know what the hell we're doing we're just talking about something that we love so we just talk about what we love man yeah so hopefully you dig it you know if not it's not your cup of tea sorry it's just yet to come the best is yet to come man so like i said this is just the start of it um like i said um i have full confidence that this community this ruthless talk community is going to continue to grow by the day um and and we're looking forward to it man um this is going to be a whole lot of fun um yes we're serious yes we we critique shows, but, but it's in good health. And at the end of the day, we're all pro wrestling, pro wrestling fans. And, you know, mm-hmm. you know, we love to talk about it, man. So, all right, man. So that is going to be it. We are going to get off here, man. I appreciate everybody watching again. Stay tuned for Thursday when we cover AEW dynamite. And as far as today, man, we are about to get off, man. My name is James Porcelli. This has been Brian, Brian Thomas. Thomas. Yes, sir. Saying check you later. Salute. See and peace ya. out y'all. Take care.